Ladies and gentlemen, it is June 22nd, 2017, and James Ellsworth has won the women's money in the bank. Welcome to Beefsticks Podcast. My name is Pasty White, but you know that from the intro. And as always, I'm Fat Mac, and you know that from the intro. I'm working on it, baby. What a, um, it's been an odd week for WWE wrestling. I don't know. I missed the pay-per-view, but watched and enjoyed Raw. I also watched SmackDown, but didn't. And I caught the pay-per-view, but I didn't uh, watch Raw or SmackDown, although I did catch up on all the highlights and, and checked all the important stuff out on it. You know they kind of they're they're getting back to their plateau maybe maybe this is one week, but they're starting to climb back up to their plateau. Their ratings increased a little better on Raw, a little better, still bad compared to what they were last year or the year before, but better than they have been the last couple weeks. It helps that they actually had like a few major events on on Raw this week. Like it it felt big. For no reason. There was no necessary reason for it to feel big, but it felt like a, a big show. Well, the big dog was back in his yard. Yes, he You know, was. say what you want, but he seems to at least bring in some ratings. And I his big, before, mean, dumb again, dog I, catcher I'm was starting... also coming in the yard. <laughs> yes, indeed. Braun Strowman has returned. And he's challenging Roman Reigns in an ambulance match at Great Balls of Fire. Which is amazing. I think this is WWE faking another injury just for the sake of storyline. Because he's back so much sooner than anybody had anticipated. There's no way in hell. Yeah, but WWE's been known to it's do just that. Like, they yeah, always no, extend uh, the timeline so that they can quote-unquote surprise you when they come back, you know? I just or to make they, them look like they're superhuman. They had an opportunity to use Roman in the last pay-per-view and it was a different storyline and they're trying new things. You know, there they are constantly trying new things to get people to watch and to get people into it. And they thought maybe if they split up the rivalry for a moment, it would make it that much bigger when they come back together and fight again. This is just my thought and my opinion. So they sidelined Strowman. Maybe Strowman got married. Maybe Strowman had a baby. They usually only say that with certain people. Right. <laughs> Yeah, but, but you know, uh, they they literally set up this ambulance match to happen before he left. So yeah. I, I feel like it it almost this this they don't have the build up they could have had if they'd have done it when they originally set it up cuz he got injured going through that ambulance, you know. So I I don't know, man. You you always want to look at the conspiracy angle in it, and that's the pot smoker in you, and I dig it. But I feel like uh, it, it almost seems like this wouldn't even have worked out as good if they if they left him alone. So I, I think it was a legit injury. I also think he's a, a, a more superior uh, physical specimen than yourself or I, and he probably would heal faster than yourself or I. Oh, I don't know. I think the bigger you are, the, the longer it takes for your body to heal itself. It's got more to repair. And I could take... Yeah, but we're both bigger than him, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, body mass index-wise, we're both bigger than him. <laughs> I'd be willing to bet I got more fat on me than Braun Strowman. 
Yeah, WWE's given love to a lot of the bigger gentlemen these days, though, and that's that's wonderful. It gives me hope. You know, you you and I should go apply it's for awesome. a tag team. We should go apply for a tag team. It, it like, gives. Yeah, it Kevin gives Owens could be our manager. That'd be great. Dude, we could be the BBWs, the big beautiful wrestlers. <laughs> <laughs> We'll have our own pet porn category already. <laughs> Mustache Summit. <laughs> Cheap Mustache Mountain ripoff. <laughs> we could feud with them. They could send us to the UK. We could feud with them over who has the better mustache. Besides, those guys aren't even mustaching anymore. They're both bearding now, and it's stupid. Right? I agree. They gotta keep the stash, man. Make the stash work. Man, the stash. The stash is life. Trust me, I know. I've been with mine for two years, and it inspired you. It inspires people. I can't go out of the house with this thing without, like, hearing four times, that's a nice mustache. I'm just like, thank you. (laughs) Oh, I get that all the time, too, man. It's awesome. People, uh, People respect the stash. People notice when you put work and care into your facial hair. Yes, indeed. Facial hair. All you beef stickers out there, send us pictures of your magnificent facial hair to the Beef Sticks Facebook page. Facial hair. We don't want to see your pubes or your ass hair, you fucking sick fucks. Facial. Send us your... Facial picture. Oh, wait, no, no. Facial <laughs> hair. <laughs> you can send us all those other pictures if you, you know, visit we... patreon.com backslash cloud style and donate $1 <laughs> a month. We'll look at whatever pictures you want us to at that point. We really need to get the uh, Dollar Beard Club or Dollar Shave Club to sponsor us. Either one. Not shave. Not shave. Well, yeah, because you have to shave to make it look good. You have to, you have to, you have to be able to shave intricately. If you don't have any facial hair, you can shave with any fucking razor and any fucking cream. Because all you're doing is just taking it all off. But if you want it to look good, you got to be precise about how you're shaving. I spend a hell of a lot more time shaving now, and I got a lot more facial hair than I ever did when I was <laughs> clean shaving. You just go whoop, 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 and you're done. You know. I don't even give it that much effort. I'll like, I'll, I'll shave I used like to be able to shave once every week, week and a half. Once the stubble's too long to consider it a stubble shadow, then it's, then it goes. I shave twice a week. I shave twice a week. Try to keep it looking nice. Yeah. Once, well, if I don't shave twice a week, then like you said, it's hard to tell where just my goatee is. And then the rest is beard. I, it's impressive that you can grow facial hair like that because... I've heard lots of stories about natives and having issues with growing facial hair. Hey, it it literally took me 30 years to get my facial hair to grow like this, man. (laughs) (laughs) I was a kid that was clean shaven at like 25. Like I didn't have to shave even at 25. I was just cool. (laughs) It took a while, man. It took a while. And even now it, it isn't. But, I mean, you know my beard. It's a good-sized beard, but it's taken me. I've had this a few years just to get it at the size of that now, you know. 
I look yeah. at these pro wrestlers who go from like being clean shaven and then like they're off TV for like a month and then they come back with a full beard to change your gimmick. And I'm like, how the fuck did you do that? <laughs> right. It's fake. It's just like the rest of wrestling. It's fake. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's fake. Yeah. No, I get jealous too. But I think it is. It's those of us who, who had a hard time growing facial hair. I know. Back when I started growing facial hair, it was all in the neck, and I called it my neck cat, and it grew thick, but I couldn't get hair anywhere else. It took me a long time to get the mustache, yeah. and I think that's why I cultivate the mustache so well, and I like I, I embrace it. Um, also, I got can't really full beard because I'm still patchy around my mouth on my cheeks. And it doesn't look right, and I get frustrated, and by the time it's getting anywhere where it's going to look decent, I'm like, it's time to change it. <laughs> but the mustache is definitely right. simple, it's maintainable. Get a mustache. Yeah, I mean, it's not simple. Once you have a mustache, you have to learn a completely different style of eating and drinking beverages. It's a whole different lifestyle. Yeah, but you're, are you using wax yet? Yeah, I, I still use wax. I don't know. The wax, for me, it keeps all the hair out of the down in my mouth region. If I'm not using wax, then yeah, I have some issue with it. But as long as I'm using wax, I don't have so much issue. I do get food stuck in it, but yeah, that's what it's for. Yeah, my my uh, my lip, my, my upper lip hair never wants to hold the wax very well. Like my, the sides where I curl it up will stay up. But like right underneath my nose always wants to go down. And so I always got to constantly just be like, just be parting it. Like, like Moses in the Red Seas. I'm, I'm noses <laughs> parting Moses. under my nose. You Moses know, cheese. <laughs> especially when I first started getting this going, man, I'd be eating something and then I'd like, I'd, I'd get my hair in it and I'd bite it and it would yank on it. And oh, anybody yeah. who's had facial hair yanked like a small, just like one hair. Oh my gosh. That's uh. pain. I guess I'm just kinky like that because sometimes I'll rip mustache hairs out just for the fun of it. It hurts. You're, you're sick. I know. It's weird. It's weird. But no, and then there's also, there's no shame. If you're growing this kind of a mustache, there's no reason you can't just trim down the middle part so it's shorter and not in your way. You really only need to keep see, the sides I, long. It does kind of look cheap I and I, when I, I see it when I do it, but... Yeah, I, I did that when I first started, but now my goal is to get all of this long enough that it'll all go up into mm -hmm. my, my handlebar that so I can get dream. a thicker handlebar, you know? Yep. So I'm so I'm I've I've put it off, you know. Every now and then, about every third time I shave, I think about it again, like, man, maybe I just maybe I just trim the lip hair. Now I'm like, no, nah, don't do it, man. Don't do it. That's the devil talking. <laughs> That's the devil talking. Speaking of that, you ever notice that only evil people have handlebar mustaches? Just want to point that out, man. Yeah. And I think we carry on that tradition very well. I consider myself a heel. I'm a heel from... Hey, no, I consider myself evil. Dayton, Oahu. I'm a heel from Dayton, Oahu. Dayton, Oahu! Love it. Oh, uh, good old fucking AJ Styles. I almost thought he was, like, talking about uh, going to Hawaii and he was going to Oahu. <laughs> right. Like, he thought they were in a Hawaiian fucking vacation. Hey, Oahu! What? 
Or maybe like Wahoo McDaniel fucking came into the fucking arena. <laughs> you know? Like, Dayton Wahoo! Makes you wonder, makes you wonder how many times he butchered the names of the places he was wrestling back in Japan. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, but it works when you're a heel, at least. You know, he was a gaijin over there. So it works, you know. Yeah. Kind of the way they won't let Kenny the way they won't let Kenny Omega speak Japanese, even though he speaks it like fairly fluently. Like more fluently than most fucking non Japanese. But yes. they won't let him do it because he's a gaijin. Yeah, I finally watched that Okada Omega yeah, part two match. That was, Omega, you finally That was amazing. Yes. It started out slower than I had liked. But it immediately it got it got quick pretty fast. It wasn't very long before it went from right. and, and wrestling once you realize, the ring to outside the ring. Like, holy shit. Yeah. And once you realize that, like, going back and rewatching it, when you realize it's going to go to a 60-minute draw, because I didn't know that when I watched it either, you realize, of course, it's going to start out slow. I mean, these guys don't want to blow up right away. That's one thing, too, I'll say for the, the American announcers. They did not convey the fact that it was a 60-minute match very well. And I feel like being the American announcers, especially, you got to assume that the people aren't watching. You mean at the so, end? Yeah, because like I didn't know, I didn't know like it was a timed match until towards the end when the the one of the people by the ring came up to the ring and yelled four minutes, and I'm like, why are you yelling four minutes? You're ruining the match for me. You're breaking kayfabe. What? But then it went even to in not- minutes and they stopped it. And and yeah, but I even in WWE. Even in WWE, the times most minute time limit, but then uh, main then uh, uh, title matches are usually sixty minute. I mean that's that's just a, a common thing. Yeah, that's like right. saying you should announce that if you go outside the ring, you have a ten count to give back. You know, plus a few of the matches that end up going that time limit in a lot of different promotions, they push it so much at the beginning that you almost see it coming. Yeah. Like they'll be like, this match here is a, is a, is a thirty minute match with a thirty minute time limit. And they have thirty minutes, and then it go. Then once it me, me, goes past fifteen minutes, you're like, oh shit! Of course it's gonna go. I kind of like the fact they didn't tell you because I didn't see it coming. Yeah, you know, I, I honestly, even at the end, I thought he was gonna get the win just before the end, and I thought Okada was gonna get the win. I, I didn't think Omega was going. There was a bunch of times during the match I thought he was going to. But going into it and then towards the end, I was like, this is Okada's. So do you see what I see and that's drama on the horizon for Omega and the American Nightmare Cody? Cody Rhodes. Because Cody wanted oh, to yeah, call it. Yeah, we were talking about that. He wanted to call it and I was pissed. He, he actually I'm like, brought why the, the white fuck would you do there. that? He brought yeah. it out. Yep. Yeah, why thank heavens you had uh, the you bucks no out there to stop. You have no faith in your, in your leader. You... You can't do that to your leader. If it was anybody else, I could kind of see it. But then look what happened. I think it's going to come into some kind of a a Cody thinks he's better than Omega and he wants to run the Bullet Club and they're going to have a match for the Bullet Club. Well, you got to look at it like this. If Omega wins it, obviously no sense. So Rhodes knows he's not getting a title shot if Omega wins it. If Okada wins it, he's already beat Omega twice, so it should be going on to somebody else, which, as we know now, the next opponent for Okada is Cody Rhodes. 
So he is getting the title shot. Exception or, or, or sim loses, he's one step closer to getting the title shot. I'm still waiting for him to get out of the, the Bullet Club. I don't... I. I don't see him as a strong... I have it from the beginning, and I still don't to this day. Yeah, no, he's uh, more like Adam Cole, I think, when it comes to that. He's not a heel... Strong enough heel and... to be... <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. I've been proven wrong before, though. Good match, though. Very, very good match. Uh, anybody who hasn't seen it, I recommend go out and find it and watch it. I mean, yeah, you'll you'll have to bear, um, you know, over over an hour, but that hour goes by pretty damn quickly. Oh yeah, that hour goes by faster than three hours of Raw. That hour goes by faster than a half hour of Raw, and it's much more enjoyable. And you know, they had a good. They 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 really had the psychology going like i was talking to you before you know um the story going into it was omega never got to hit the one-winged angel on okada in their last match this match he actually hit the one-winged angel but okada was next to the ropes so he got his foot on the ropes so okada still has never kicked out of the one-winged angel even after this match he's never kicked out of it now on the other hand okada's rainmaker one in the end in, in their third match, do you think it's going to come down to just one fucking one-winged angel to win it? I don't. I think I think what's going to happen is I think it's going to be two, but two in a row. I don't think he's even going to try after one. I think it's going to be two in a row and he wins it. Because he's got to win it at the third one. I think the whole world would be enraged. It seems I'm like even so. the, the New Japan crowd and I don't is know more why behind Omega than they are behind Okada at this point. Yeah, which which also kind of makes sense because Okada is a heel. I mean, this is an interesting story because they're both heels. They're both heels and they're both the leaders of the two biggest heel factions in New Japan Pro Wrestling with Kenny Omega being the head of Bullet Club and Okada being the head of Chaos. So, you know, that's kind of a, that's kind of a cool thing that works a little better over there than in WWE. You don't get that a lot, although we are getting it with Kevin Owens versus Brock Lesnar. Isn't We're it getting heel versus that heel you for didn't the title. See the rest of chaos come out and be ringside too when Bullet Club came out. Uh, God, uh Ghetto was there. Ghetto was yeah. there the whole time. He was there the whole time though, yeah. But I mean, I don't know. Yeah. So he was he was like he's 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 Okada's young bucks, you know. They should I think I think the third match get involved should be just a lot of times, not physically, but the, the third match should be a sick ass lumberjack match with the Bullet Club and Chaos all at ringside, and like no rules. That would be awesome. Just a war between, and then that would the be only awesome. thing that matters is the two leaders. The outcome. That would be great. <laughs> it would be great just to see like all of the bodies of everybody in the two stables surrounding the ring after they've all beat the shit out of each other. And, like, nobody's left standing outside of the ring, and there's still Okada and Omega in the middle of the ring battling yeah. it out. Oh, yeah. That would be badass image. That would be an awesome image. I'd love to see that Wiley Coyote cam that WWE has for their ladder matches. I don't know. New Japan 
Japan's never used that, but I'd love to see that top down fucking fucking camera angle with all the fucking wrestlers around the ring just down and out. Oh, that'd be so good. That would be cool. That would be awesome. So there's a prediction for the future. Straight to you guys from Beef Sticks Podcast. Another thing I would like to point out is I really feel like the Usos and New Day's next fight together will be inside of Hell in a Cell. Because I don't think a cage is enough to, to contain it. And I think after the last cage match, they're probably going to hold off a year before they do it again. Yeah. I um, I just hope they wait a while because they've only had their one match together. They don't want to do a K right away as their next match. You know, you want to you want that to be the blow off. Yeah, I would hope they don't just jump straight to a cage after having just one regular match. You know, but yeah, I could see it. I could definitely see it. I mean, obviously the Usos and New Day are two of two of the tag teams that WWE is the highest on right now. So you think they're, they're going to want to do something big? Yeah. Yeah, they could do a lot. Yeah. And I'm uh, really excited <gasps> for another rumor I heard, and that's the next time Randy Orton and and modern yeah Jinder Mahal, the modern day Maharaja. The next time they meet, it's supposed to be in a Punjabi prison match. You know what? I was really it hoping this would be this their time. last match. You know. I, you know, it'd be okay. I never seen it the first time because I wasn't watching WWE at that time, so I never did see the original. I've heard nothing. I mean, I know it's a joke amongst wrestling fans, so it obviously wasn't good. Well, like um, the one I, uh, great Collie was supposed to participate in, he wasn't cleared to participate in it, so they had the Big Show quick beat him down and run out, and so Big Show took his um, place versus The Undertaker. Which makes no sense. No, no sense at all. This is the yeah. Scully's match. You know, I, I, I'm just... <laughs> might be hoping this one of those two, and they move on to something else. I don't know. I don't, I don't it, know what more they need to do. I mean, you could if, say, like, they were if, in if the that's Punjabi the way they were prison, going, then that would work. Yeah. That would give them a reason. It would be great if they were in the Pajabi prison, and all of a sudden the lights go out, and then Bray Wyatt's, like, interlude thing plays... The lights come back on. There's baby heads hanging all over the prison. And then it's a Pujabi oh prison of horrors match. Don't start that shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I did think, I mean, obviously they are still going with this because cause he did cut a pro. Randy Orton cut a promo on gender and all that. Mm, um, not done with I found it funny. I found it funny, though, that uh, he's like, I'm going to go over to India and beat down all of Jinder's family. You racist son of a bitch. His family lives in Canada. You They're from Canada. <laughs> Just because he's brown skinned, you think he's fucking living in the Middle East, you bastard. I'm going to hunt down all of ISIS. He's going to he's gonna be looking for a long time in fucking India for, for Ginger's family. Could be a good thing. Maybe it'll keep Randy off of TV for a year or so. He's just going to be traveling the Middle East looking for fucking Mahal's family. Where's the Maharaja's family? They're going to be like, we ain't had a Maharaja for decades, dude. What you talking about? <laughs> Where is Mahal? The Taj Mahal? Right? They, they give him a fucking tour guide to the Taj Mahal. <laughs> Big X on it and shit. He RKO's it out of nowhere. 
<laughs> yeah, I thought that was very racist, but that's all right. It's all right. I just, I love that he's from Canada and this is the angle they're giving him at all. You know what I mean? He's foreign. How come they can't have a foreigner where they don't use this angle? That's what I want to know. Right. Why does being a, a foreign person automatically make you a bad guy? Unless you're, like, a, from a European right. country. <laughs> well, even then they had the league. And, well, even then still, you know, fucking, uh, um, uh, fucking Cesaro, Sheamus, they're both heels. Yeah. When you had uh, uh, Wade Barrett, he was fucking heel. You know, it's, it's like, it's, fuck. It's they I mean, yeah, now... Too thick of accents to be faces and have to talk as much as faces do. <laughs> yeah, I think it was just kind of ingrained in people between the 60s and 80s that that's just the way it was, you know? I mean, look, at even, even to go as far as to the mid-90s when, uh, when Scott Hall came into WWE and made himself Razor Ramon and had a few fake Cuban accent. You know? You know yeah, I mean? yeah. Scott Hall ain't Cuban, but he was a heel, and it was a quick way to get heat. Make him Cuban. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's weird the way WWE plays any foreigner out. It's it's kind of sad. It's kind of sad. They could make him into a superhero. They could make him, you know... Anything. They they could build them up. You know, you should be in the WWE's position. I feel like you should really be trying to raise up people from other countries as much as possible instead of making them look like the bad guy and drag them down. Well, yeah, and and you don't have to separate them either by having a UK tournament or a fucking Japanese tournament or a Middle Eastern tournament and shit. You know, I, I mean, you could just you could just have them be fucking. Just have them be. Just have them fucking be. Yeah, people you know are what? fucking people. I, I'm going to go on record, and I'm going to say it's Vince McMahon and WWE's fault that we're having all these fucking racist killings out here now. That's what I'm going to say. Philandro's death was in Vince McMahon's hands. I'm going on record and saying that. <laughs> I'm fucking saying it right now. That's horrible. <laughs> No, but it doesn't help the stereotype by no means, you know. Yeah. It just, yeah. What are you going to do? It ain't going to get any better in, in the way it is. You know, they, I mean, well, it is getting better. It is. Now that they've they've embraced the UK, like you said, now there's both UK faces and heels. So just because you're European doesn't necessarily make you a heel nowadays. And with 205 Live, being as, for some reason, apparently foreigners are just usually smaller than us. <laughs> There's a lot of foreigners in 205 Live, so not all of them are heels. Except for IHOP TJP, the jumping Filipino, who is a heel. <laughs> and I have been pushing that hashtag so hard yes, this last you have. Yes, IHOP you TJP. Have. I put it on posts that have nothing to do with anything wrestling related or anything. <laughs> IHOP TJP, bitches. <laughs> We should make t-shirts and put them on pro wrestling tees. We should. I have DJP, the jumping Filipino. Mm. 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 What do you think?
think? You want to get into some news today, man? Or should we just fucking keep bullshitting, man? We could bullshit for three hours straight. We could bullshit the whole show. It'd be pretty fucking easy. Um, I guess we bullshit for a good fucking hour before the show anyways, and we still have so much (laughs) shit to talk about. That's good stuff. It's fucking wild! We get together like an hour before the show, and we barely talk about the show at all. It's just our time to fucking bro up and shit. Right. (laughs) (coughs) It basically is just the time it takes for me to set everything up for the show and fuck things up and then reset things up. (laughs) It gives me time to roll a joint and pack a bowl and mix a drink or, yeah, mixing drinks this week. Speaking of drinks, what are you sipping on, Mac? Well, I'm pulling a pasty white, and I'm having a holdover from last week. And you know, and and before before I go any farther, I I, I was I was listening to our show last week, at least parts of it, and somebody had had, uh, had sent me a message saying, "God, is is Stone Cold's beer really that expensive? And and you know, is it really worth it?" So let me kind of correct what what I said. I spent a lot of money on this beer, and to get the plug in. It is El Segundo's Brewing Company, Steve Austin's Broken Skull IPA. It is Stone Cold Steve Austin's personal beer Ain't that home. he drank and spit back out, and I have. It's an India Pale Ale, Broken Skull IPA, badass India Pale Ale, designed by Steve Austin for the brewing company and for the working man and woman. It features Citra, Cascade, and Chinook hops and delivers big flavor with an easy Finish. Now stop reading and start enjoying this awesome stone bitch. Cheers, Steve. So let me say, the, the beer itself for a craft beer actually comes out to be about the same price as what you'd buy craft beer at your local uh, liquor store. Um, I got a six-pack of pints, and it cost me roughly 30 bucks. And a six-pack of 12 ounces at, at the liquor store for craft beers most of them run between 15 and 20 for me. So it's about on par with what you'd pay at the liquor store. The problem is... I had to get it shipped. I had to order it online. So the shipping was an... on top of that. So that's why it's so fucking expensive. The beer itself is not overpriced, by no means. You're definitely getting what you pay for easily. But if you if you don't live around one, it's expensive to have it shipped. That's we as, that's we as beer fans just need to be pressuring our local liquor stores to stock it. That's all we need to do. We need to, and you know, I'm assuming they they, they must not brew a ton of this stuff either, because uh, when I went online, a lot of places I looked were out of stock, so I had to look a few different places, and ironically. One of the places I found was actually one of the cheapest ones that I could find. So, that lucky for me. But that's what I'm drinking on. I'm drinking on a Broken Skull IPA, Stone Cold Steve Austin's beer of choice. Pasty, white, what have you got tonight? This week, I am drinking a very fantastic Evanstown Ale. Yes, Evanstown Ale. It is made of... One part Evan Williams and one part Coke. It's a good beer. It's not a beer. I'm drinking drinks. <laughs> it's funner this week. I had a great time last week, and I'm going to have a great time again this week. And it's going to be a great time. 
You just got to do it, man. And why not? It doesn't yeah. all have to be beer, man. We're about no. getting fucked up. Beer, alcohol, weed, pills, shrooms, huff some glue, why don't you? I'm okay with it. Why don't you snort some fire extinguishers? I'm down with it. Want a rail of coke? Let's go. Heroin, shoot it up, baby. Huff some gas. It's fun for you. Children of all ages. And don't That's forget to do kids some can do. lovely methamphetamine. Hey, I made I made a fucking lifestyle out of that. <laughs> so, you know, can't recommend it enough. Can't recommend it enough. Oh, with that being said, baby, on to the news. The news from the that should, that should be our new fucking nah. Uh, that should be our new our new baby! clip that we kind of, on to the news. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, a little news note that made all of us happy at Beef Sticks here. Uh, both Triple H and Mauro Ronaldo have stated on Twitter that Mauro will be returning to WWE announce booth. Um, he is not returning to SmackDown Live, folks. He is, in fact, going to be going to NXT. So, the question I have for you, Pasty White, is this a great comeback story? Or is this a pathetic attempt to save face by WWE? I definitely think think after Ronaldo got called to to call the fight between um, um, Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather. McGregor and Mayweather. Yeah. I feel like... um, WWE quickly jumped on back on the Morrow boat. And but I do think I don't think this is so much of a demotion from him. I think this is the the promotion he needs to be announcing on. Yeah, he he's a perfect fit for NXT, it, which is more uh it comes off as more of an actual sports competition as opposed to uh both Raw and SmackDown that come off as more sport But the yeah. question I have now is Morrow had just signed a uh, full-time deal with Bellator MMA. Hey, soccer going to be doing... Uh, now, don't get me wrong. Bellator doesn't do weekly shows like WWE does. And NXT is also taped like... They tape like four or five NXTs at a time. So it's not like he has to go from town to town to town to town every week. Yeah. But, uh, yes, I mean, is he, is he going to... I mean, fuck, he's doing both full-time Bellator, full-time NXT, and then depending on what his WWE contract looks like, is he still going to be allowed to do boxing? Which he's, he's Showtime's, uh, he's one of Showtime's number one announcers for boxing. I think, like, I think holy Vince shit, this could be the hardest working back, announcer in I the think, world. I think Ronaldo has, has a lot of ground to stand on. I think he has probably just about as much say at what he does as JR does. All right, so, Mr. Conspiracy Theory... I'm gonna shoot this one at you. Uh, since it was all fucking, uh, since it was all JBL's fault that Morrow got fired, and JBL kept saying that he doesn't dislike Morrow and they're friends and they're cool and all this, was this all a fucking work with with Morrow Ronaldo and JBL to get fucking Morrow in a better position? Did they fucking play Vince McMahon? Did they fucking force him to take Morrow and let Morrow have side gigs as well? I don't know, man. 
<laughs> My brain would have never came to that be, conclusion. JBL's got fucking high powers in WWE, man. Look at all the shit he's gotten away with and how long he's been on TV without having any talent. Yeah. And I guess, yeah, with him being on NXT, they tour a whole hell of a lot less so he can be a one location more. It, it definitely makes more sense for him to be there, especially with his, you know, disabilities, if you will. Right, yeah, that too. That's a good point. You know, and it makes me wonder when when WWE came back, and I just thought of this now. That we we're, can we're add it to the conspiracy this files. I'll definitely let this one fly. Could, <laughs> that's good. That's good. I don't think it is, but I thought that was right up your alley, man. No, but it is, it's good. It's tasty. Like, at first, Fun. I was like, uh, uh, I'm like, no, those bastards could do that. Right. If you got a, if you got a first corporate hand, right, it's risky. <laughs> he could have got fired and then nobody wanted anything to do with him. <laughs> but, um, but then it makes me wonder, so, you know, maybe the reason he's on NXT is, is isn't that that Vince said, well, we'll bring you back, but we're going to throw you on NXT tomorrow, bad cow. No, maybe it was uh, maybe it was that Morrow said, hey, man, I'll come back and announce for you guys, but I'm going to be doing Bellator and I'm going to be doing Showtime, so I need a looser schedule. So you got to throw me in something where I got room to move around. And Vince yeah. like, well, NXT. I would like to I see Morrow doing the UK championship show. But I, I understand that that's much too much traveling. Yeah, you don't want to see Morrow having to go over to the UK all the time. And you don't want somebody literally phoning it in either, right. you know. Right. No, NXT should be good for him because I definitely don't want to see him working himself to the point of another meltdown. Right. And that's that's one thing I do worry about with him coming back. But who knows? And it, it just hasn't been the same without Corey Graves on the announce table either. Let's be honest. NXT NXT has has dropped in the last year, year two years, year and a half. Which it's is not sad, the NXT they have some we of all the best love. talent they've ever had. Well, some, uh, I'd argue said. that some some. I mean, they got some great talent down there right now, but I think they I think they've pulled up all of their bestest talents. Um, yeah. Other than Hideo Itami, uh, Bobby Roode, Hideo Itami. Tommy. At this uh, point, I don't ever see a Tommy coming to the main Man, roster. I don't know. Asuka? I, oh, I, I agree. There's a good chance he might not. Um, who Ember Moon came Asuka back this will. week. Ooh, I didn't see that. I did. I didn't watch all of NXT, but I cut the beginning. I was hoping they'd let Asuka come up to the main roster undefeated. But I also, I'm of two minds. I'd also love to see Ember Moon be the only woman to ever beat Asuka in NXT and then have Asuka, and then have Asuka have a rematch and lose to Ember Moon again so you know it wasn't a fluke, and then have Asuka go up to the main roster because that would really, really put over Ember Moon. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely think Ember Moon is the only person who can take the championship off of Asuka at this point. And I think with her coming back from injury, she's going to come back on some high ground, and it's going to happen soon. It has to happen soon. Asuka's broken every yeah. record there is to break. Right? She whooped the shit out of Goldberg's streak, and Goldberg's streak was made up. The thing I hate is she, she's <laughs> achieved so much on NXT, and then she's going to get brought up to the main roster, and they're not going to do nothing with her. And she's going to be Bailey. Yeah, yeah. she's going to be Bailey. She's going to she's going to end sad. up being Shinsuke Nakamura's manager. 
Oh, valet, yeah. Yeah. Shinsuke's another one they've really fucked. I mean, they haven't fucked him beyond repair. I just want to know why the hell is he still fighting Dolph Ziggler? Why is he fighting? Okay, how about this? Why is he fucking fighting? Shinsuke should have been brought up to the main roster. Promos. You should only be fighting in pay-per-views. Fucking only. Make at least one of your fucking wrestlers, other than Brock Lesnar, look like a big fucking thing. You can't do that with everybody. You can't just bring somebody up and make them look like a big thing. If you did that to Baron Corbin, they'd shit on him right away. Right. If you did that to Shinsuke Nakamura, everybody would love him. Even the people who don't know Shinsuke would say, holy fuck, this dude's a big deal. Right, and I think that's the way you should go about it with him being a, a Japanese superstar and and having a very heavy accent and everything, you know, he he can't be yeah. your John Cena. So yeah, let him be your no, Brock Lesnar. Let him be your Brock Lesnar. It, it works. Yeah. At least try it. I might be wrong, but they could have at least tried it, and they still could. They still could make him a big deal to where it's like he's such a big thing that you only see him at certain times. You know, they only I fucking have what, him wrestle at certain times. You fight. Too many matches with Dolph Ziggler, and eventually it starts to rub off on you. And people are gonna, yeah, people are gonna associate you with Ziggler, and that's yeah. never good. Yeah, I wish it was. I wish it was. Ask a good Sammy Zayn. <laughs> Sammy Zayn's another one they've just fucking thrown in the toilet. Sammy Zayn is going to be the next Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. The man had tons of talent. <laughs> that's what they're gonna say. Tons of potential. <laughs> For the longest time, Dolph Ziggler called himself the next Shawn Michaels. Sami Zayn is the next Dolph Ziggler who didn't achieve his goal of the next Shawn Michaels. Or I guess maybe in your book he did achieve his goal of the next Shawn Michaels. I guess it's all a matter of perspective. I'm not a – I don't like – I think Shawn Michaels is overrated, but that you can't take anything away from the man. And I wouldn't. I wouldn't take anything away from the man. Um, He's not what everybody thinks him to be, but he's not Dolph Ziggler. And so the story goes. And so... Okay, hey, how about this? We'll throw a little, uh, throw a little funny into the mix now. Uh, Triple H, or Hunter Hearst Helmsley, or... Uh, Paul Levesque. Paul Levesque. You're Levesque. wrong, it's Levesque. <laughs> you have a hard time with French names. <laughs> no, you do. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard the um, name said before, and I've never heard it said as Levesque I was like, unless I was like, you've said it. Blam, uh, uh, or what was it? Um, not Blampier. Which was the what culture guy that, that you didn't like the way I said his name? Um, oh, Pachetti. Pachetti. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, just go on the WWE Network. They say Paul Levesque's name, man. But <laughs> Triple H, as he were, as, as all of us know him, was on BBC Radio. And he was talking about The Rock and the people's elbow. And he he went on record saying that it wasn't, it didn't start out as being like, hey, there's this awesome move that I'm going to do. What it was, was when you're in these small house shows and you're, you're not on TV, a lot of times the wrestlers would have fun with each other. And one of the things they'd do is try to get The Undertaker to break character and laugh. They'd actually try to do it to all of them. They'd try to make each other laugh, but they'd always do it. But The Undertaker was the hardest to break. And so he said, quote, you're trying to make each other laugh. And one night, The Rock did the people's elbow. But it wasn't known as the people's elbow back then. It was known as 
watch this move. It's going to make all of you lose it in your corners. So he said, these things morph in those ways, but they catch on. Um, but he went on to say, and he said he gives all the respect in the world to The Rock, but he says that the people's elbow is the hokiest looking move ever. You've got to wait like 20 minutes while he takes his elbow pad off, works the crowds, <laughs> runs back and forth. Then he comes up and drops an elbow on you that looks like it barely even touches you. And then he adds, except some of the times he just nicks you with the point of his elbow and hits you right in the mouth and you come up bleeding. And you're like, how can you bust me open on that crappy elbow? <laughs> no, I always said, I always said, like, uh, the biggest faces in WWE history have the weakest moves ever. Hulk Hogan's leg drop, The Rock's people's elbow, uh, 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 John Cena's five-knuckle shuffle. There's more. Yep. You can list it. Rattle some more off. I know you got more there. Um... No. You're like, damn it! There's no notes. I don't <laughs> have do notes. Got? I don't. I'm trying. I'm trying to think. Who else do they got? That's got the the weak looking moves right off the bat. I'm gonna say right now, a frog splash is just as weak because you clearly land on your elbows and your knees. I don't know, man. A good looking frog splash, I don't think, looks too weak. Especially like, um, I mean, RVD, man, rest in peace, Eddie Guerrero, but RVD has the best looking frog splash, I think, around. Eddie Guerrero never touched his, his frog splash, that's for damn sure. What about the Zoidberg splash, or the Zoidberg elbow? I love the Zoidberg elbow. Have you ever seen the Zoidberg elbow pasty? I want to say yes. Um, it's a wrestler, and I'm trying to think of which wrestler it is. It's a bald-headed wrestler. He wrestles in uh, in, in England. I think he wrestles for WCPW, actually. But he, he gets up on the middle rope. And uh, and he makes the Zoidberg whoop, 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 until he gets to the middle of the fucking ropes, and then he jumps off and does the elbow. It's hilarious. <laughs> Good stuff. Any, any of those moves you need a big, long setup for just really don't look for good. For a little any, impact. If you're just hitting them with one limb, it's not, you know, it's not good. It's not a good time. And an elbow and a knee and a leg drop and, like, that shit is, it's, I don't know. It was cheesy in the 80s. It's it's beyond pathetic now in my book. Well, to be fair, well, they in the do 80s, it, they I think do it, it to WWE's because... biggest faces, I think, to make them look more like Superman. Well, and I think also because the faces can get over on it because right, yeah, at least in the past, yeah, in the past you were going to cheer the faces anyways, and exactly that move gives you the time to show off while you're doing it. Yeah, so I think it worked in the past, gives, but nowadays I don't think finish. it does. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Hey, well, hey, but you're talking again, about we're living in an era where a DDT can be used as a finisher again. Finally, well, if you're a female. Not if you're a male. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, wasn't there? I swear to God, there was a male also recently who won off a, a DDT, but I could be wrong. I might, don't know. Might be. And I don't in know WWE? Who... Yeah. Might be. I, that'd be awesome. But, you know, you talk about faces that have shitty looking uh, 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 finishing moves like that. What about the Superman punch? It's literally just a punch. Yeah. No, I do think it's hilarious, though, that when, uh, when old 
wrestlers are complaining about the modern generation, how they don't sell finishers and shit, and they, they used to sell the DDT and they don't sell the DDT anymore. Nobody yep. ever talks about Hogan's leg drop in that sentiment. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> I think everybody knows it's 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 pathetic. And to think, the only reason Hogan's leg drop, or the first reason Hogan's leg drop ever got kicked out of was all thanks to Papa Shango, you bastard. <laughs> Damn it, Papa Shango. Sid Vicious, Hulk Hogan, main event, Hogan leg drop Sid Vicious, Papa Shango was supposed to run out and interrupt the count. Shango was in the back fucking smoking some of his smoke that he was supposed to be putting out of the skull. Remember, this is the same guy that turned into the Godfather. <laughs> and Sid ended up having to kick out of a Hogan leg drop. What the fuck? God Fat damn Mac. it, Papa Shango. Fat Mac, I'm going to punch yes. you in the face so hard you look like James Ellsworth. Hey, if you don't stop, I'm going to punch you in the face so hard you're going to look like James Ellsworth. <laughs> <laughs> that was so awkward. It was awkward to me to watch. Like, scarily awkward to me to watch. It was the worst. It was the worst. Yeah. If y'all don't know what we're talking about, uh, it was uh, Monday Night Raw. No, it wasn't. It was Smackdown. 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 Yep. The women were in the ring, and they were all bitching about Carmella's fucking money in the bank or whatever. And, yeah, and Charlotte was talking to Natalia, and she's like, if you don't shut up, I'm going to hit you so hard, you're going to look like James Ellsworth. In which Tamina looks at fucking Charlotte and says the exact same fucking thing. (laughs) She just stole her fucking diss. (laughs) You could tell there was supposed to be a completely different line there somewhere. Yeah, because everybody in the ring just looked awkward and they weren't really sure where to go and what to say next. It went around the circle and they were all talking about doing something to make them more like James Ellsworth. Yeah. And it hit Charlotte and Charlotte said her bit and then, yeah, Tamina (laughs) fucked up the whole thing. And she was the last one to talk. And that's always the worst time to fuck up the thing. Like, when it's the last part of the the supposed chain, you should be... At least if it was in the middle... Somebody else could have jumped in and said their line right away and saved a little bit of the awkwardness, but yeah, almost like, as yeah. Bane Hall. Yes, Bane Hall. Beautiful. Bane Hall. <laughs> I did. I hear Dayton. Whoa, is a beautiful Whoa. place to visit in the fall. Yeah, Bane Good old AJ. AJ. Whoa. That is that is now a permanent button on the Beef Sticks podcast. I'm keeping it. And it's so loud and it peaks, but it, it just makes amazing sense for how terrible it is. I love it. Right. I love it. <laughs> that was funny. Oh man. Hey, let's talk about fucking uh the war between the Jarrett's and the Hardys, or the TNAs and the Hardys, or the Impacts and the Hardys, or uh, whoever you want to talk about in the Hardys. Jarrett, Jeffrey Jarrett, that is, spoke to the Wrestle List about the ongoing legal battle between the Hardys and Impact Wrestling. 
one of the points that stood out was this statement here. He said, and, and throughout the interview, he's talking about how like him and Jeff are really good friends and, you know, we were at each other's weddings and look at us on social media. We're always talking. But then he says, when it gets, when it relates to IP, which is intellectual property, obviously, it's real simple. There's a publisher who owns the property. There is a writer who gets credit and can monetize it. Then there is the performers. There is no question that broken performances were off the charts good. But when it comes to ownership, to me, it's almost a silly squabble. It's never been in question. Impact are the owners. What kind of underhanded statement is that? Off the charts good. I think that I think that's a I think he means like they were so good like they blew it off the charts like they were amazing. No, no, no. That's, I, that, that's how that's, I read it. That's, that's a backhanded it, slap to the Hardys. They're off the <laughs> like, charts good. Not excellent. They were right. just off the good charts. They I mean, almost made it to great. Great, yeah. If we're talking. If we're talking great. They're still on the chart. If we're good. It was off the chart. Yeah, I didn't read it like that. No, and then. That's still kind of just, they're basically just re, they're, they're going in circles because they're saying My the same thing. Is here, always, Jeff Jarrett right. has no ownership over Broken Matt because he didn't come into TNA till the very end. I don't well, think there was any, hardly any broken story under Jeff Jarrett's return. I don't think he should have any say to it. I think well, Matt it, should have to purchase it, it from Dixie. Much, Boom. Depends on how much Jarrett like, has any ownership or anything of the company. Because if he does have some what if this kind, is all storyline? What if this is all storyline for Dixie Carter to come back? That would be horrible. God, that would be awful. <laughs> sounds like Impact, though, that would doesn't be it? Awful. It does. Oh yeah, it sounds like at least the old Impact, for damn sure. <laughs> and the Hardys, the Hardys aren't really signed with WWE. It's all an angle. <laughs> they'd send out a fucking tweet saying we have the biggest news. Ever! And it would be Dixie Carter's, Carter's return. <laughs> it's like, uh. But, you know, I mean, it is. like uh, To get back to my point, it's like they're running in circles because what Jeff Jarrett says is true. If Impact Wrestling were the ones that came up with the stuff and Matt and Jeff performed it, then yes, 100% Impact would own it. That'd be like trying to say that fucking... Um, um, the guy that played Joey on Friends would get money every time that somebody uses a clip of him saying, how you doing? He I want to go out on a limb here, though, and say nobody in professional wrestling has had a great character that they did not curate on their very own. Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock had almost unlimited control over their creative. You know what I mean? And that's what made them great. They got to play themselves or the people they wanted to be. There's no way Impact came up with this outlandish, broken character, said, Matt, you're going to do this. And then he owned it that good. There's no way. Correct. This has been a part of Matt for years and years and years. And it, I I, I, I really hate. It'll be great to see what comes of it. Um, I also (laughs) would not be surprised, though. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be earth-shattering for the entire wrestling industry because it's going to if matt and jeff win this case it's going to give a lot more superstars ground to keep their names and gimmicks when they leave a a, a, a product or a brand yeah yeah 
or a company or a promotion. It's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. And Matt and Jeff but, almost have to win this. They, see, for I, all I, of I agree us. with you about Matt have you know, obviously being a part of it. But I wouldn't be surprised if Jeremy Borat and maybe some other people were all part of it because you talk about, you know, and you talk about The Rock and you talk about Stone Cold. Even both of them will tell you McMahon, and obviously McMahon is a far more greater wrestling mind than any of the people in TNA. But they'll tell you McMahon helped make their characters what they are. It was a combination I- of, of you know, Steve Austin himself or, or Steve, uh, what's his name, Steve Williams? Why did I forget his name now? Anyways, it's a combination of him and Vince making that character. Same with Dwayne Johnson was a combination of Dwayne and Vince molding the rock, you know. But I don't know. I, I mean, the the one thing that really bothers me is if it was as as dry as as cut and dry as both sides are saying, we wouldn't be in this legal battle right now because it's gone to court. It's gone through the legal system. It's been going around for a while. So there's obviously some gray area that neither side is talking about. Or or, it's, or it would be done by now. You know what I mean? It wouldn't have hap- happened this long. It wouldn't have gone this far. There's got to be something that, that both sides aren't coming out with. <coughs> yeah. Something. Something. Obviously, yeah. there's going to be one winner. No, you see, and, and, and my thought process here, too, is if, if, if Impact is so sure that they own this gimmick and everything why haven't they given the broken gimmick to somebody else in the in the promotion and had them run with it because that would be what you'd want to do to hurt somebody if they left you and you owned their shit i i think i think you know i think wwe proved that that doesn't work when they tried to do uh razor and fucking diesel after scott hall and kevin nash left but i mean if you if you own the gimmick you really want to make a point that's kind of what you have to do and you have to do it well it would be difficult it'd be almost impossible but it would be the, the one way to show that you do this, not Matt Hardy. You know what I mean? Yeah, kind of. But I, I don't think that's the way. I don't think that's a smart way to go business-wise at all. So I don't think you want to just rehash an old gimmick and give it to somebody else. I think that just looks bad and, and it makes your product stale. I wouldn't recommend it. No, I, I wouldn't recommend it either, but with the way that they're pushing for all of this, I, 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 it almost seems logical from their standpoint to try something like that. I see. I mean, I, I see what you're saying. It would cement that they own it. If they went out and did the broken gimmick with somebody else and nothing happened to them legally, then that'd be a, pretty much a fucking guarantee that they own it. I hear what you're saying. I just don't think it would be, I don't think it would make for compelling television. Yeah, no. But Impact so, isn't compelling television to begin with. Ah, they do all wah, right. Wah, wah, wah. I hey, need you that know, sound get, effect button. I'm going to get that right? button. <laughs> you still got to give the devil their due. To this day, Impact is still the number two wrestling company in America. Yeah, but hard too to, bad number two is believe. shit. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but, you know, they can still claim that they're, as far as at least financially and... Uh, and media-wise and publicity-wise, they're bigger than Ring of Honor and New Japan. Yeah, but you don't want to be number two to WWE. And I think, you know, that's why but, you know, Impact, Impact I think is so broke. Impact is so broke that every, they're never going to come out ahead. Don't you think but, every wrestling company is, is trying to, it wants to be number two to WWE? I'm just saying, I don't think Ring of Honor is struggling nearly as bad as Impact is as number two. 
But they're not number two. They're, they're behind TNA. No, yeah, I know. They're Ring of Honor would probably be number three. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. I think number three is a safer place to be when it comes to dealing with WWE. Yeah, and and, and the fans. You yeah. don't get shit on as much because you're not compared to as much. Mm-hmm. As soon as Ring of Honor takes yeah. over that number two spot, which they yeah. will. Yeah, it's just you're it, going to see a, matter, a lot more. You don't want to be the competing brand. It puts yeah, a lot of pressure be, on you. There's going to be a lot more scrutiny, a lot more crit criticism as soon as Ring of Honor becomes think, that. Number two. I do think I do think New Japan, if they're going to do all this stuff in America and they're they're expanding and they're going to do more stuff, if they get and honestly, they got a U.S. title, if if, <laughs> if they get. Um, American announcers on their network, I, I would I would trade in the WWE network for it in a second. They do have American uh, announcers on all the programming There's, though. On uh, on I their weekly reading... show on, on their weekly show on Access TV, they have they have uh, American uh, announcers. Jr. was an announcer for them for over a year. Yeah, well, yeah, they have American announcers on their weekly show on Access TV, I'm, I'm, and not all of their pay per views. And, and that's one thing I also question too. How is Impact number two when there is New Japan out there? Is it just because New Japan isn't in America? It's because New Japan doesn't have storylines as well. They don't do the storylines, and so American fans don't buy into them. And you know what? I, I, mean, for us, I don't know. I don't watch New Japan hard... on a regular basis, but when I watch a pay per view, I get the entire story wrapped up in a nice, delicious piece of sushi. I agree. <laughs> I like that euphemism. That's awesome. <laughs> And, and, and you know what? I agree with you, but I mean, I think all you have to do is look at WWE to see that the casual wrestling fan is automatically going to think that the Asian brand isn't worth watching. The casual wrestling fan. Well, that's WWE's brainwashing. Look at any Asian superstar uh, we've American had throughout the years. How many, how many European shows? You know what? Hey, here's a perfect example. Here's a perfect example. Years ago, people were saying that The Office was an awesome fucking television show, right? With Stephen Carell. Yeah. Motherfuckers, watch the watch the the British Office. That's a good show. The show with yeah. Stephen Carell is okay, but people don't want to watch it just because it's foreign and they speak English. Right. No, you know it's what just I mean? like, uh, did you see Wilfred with the talking uh, yeah, dog? Yeah, yeah, Wilfred, yeah. Yep. Yeah, they had the and the British show, the British and then they also is... yeah had the American show, and the British one yeah. was so much more dark. And deep, and like holy shit. <laughs> and then the American one was just over the and top. And I'm like, even, comedy. I'm even guilty of it because I'm a huge fan of Shameless on Showtime, but I've still yet to watch the European Shameless, which I also have on my streaming networks. But I just haven't watched it yet because I'm so in love with the English one. So I think we're just as Americans, we're just and you know uh, every other nation wants to find the best stuff. Every other nation wants to watch the best programming, even if it's subtitled or dubbed or what. But as Americans, we're always brought up that anything outside of us isn't as good. Made in America, you know, uh, fucking God bless America, flags everywhere. We're just, we're just bred to think that America's the only thing that can do anything right. And I think that'll always hold back New Japan. That'll always hold back even like a Lucha Underground, which is an American wrestling company. Americans shot in America with 50% American fucking wrestlers at least. But people will still look at that as a Mexican programming and they they, they yeah. won't fucking give it the, the time of day. I do think, though, 
at this point in time, it's very important for American wrestling fans to look outside of our country for wrestling because the world, the wars yes. are going to the world. WWE is bringing it all over the world. Battle lines are being drawn. Watch outside your borders. Keep an eye on all. It's very important. Very yeah. important. If you want to chronicle it? this this amazing... WWE might have you blind to it. You might not see that this is a very amazing time for professional wrestling. But oh my god, it is. <laughs> and it's it's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. This is World War Three, Like it or not, folks. <laughs> right? World and War you know, Three is fought in, in the squared circle. I think this is a bigger and better wrestling boom and wrestling revolution than we even had in the 90s. Even though fans who grew up in the Attitude Era are going to disagree with that, honestly, you have more access to better quality of matches nowadays than you ever did when we were kids. I fucking, I fucking bought, traded, and rented fucking tapes fucking through the mail mm. to find pro wrestling matches when I was a kid. And fucking nowadays, all you got to do is just fucking go on your phone and find all of those and more. And honestly, I'm from the Attitude Era. I lived it. I loved it. But for the love of Christ, guys, all the Attitude Era was was incredibly vulgar jokes, brawn panties matches, and gratuitous violence. It was all go back and watch it. It was all a, a go, it was. go back and watch it, and it was it's a lot it worse was a soap opera. than your brain allows you to opera. remember. It's not as good as your brain allows you to remember. And we it's watch just, it with, uh, as the saying goes, rose-colored glasses. Yeah, you were in the youth, you know? That's why everything from the 90s is making a big comeback now, from Surge to fucking... God, Pogs are going to come back soon, I swear to God. You guys are going to bring fucking Pogs back. And it's, you know what's going to happen? on the fault of fidget spinners, because people Pretty are like, soon, oh my God, people buy retarded bullshit. <laughs> Pretty soon you're going to be in the courtroom... And you're going to be standing in front of a judge and your lawyer's going to come up and he's going to whisper something in your ear and you're going to respond with, no, I don't want to see your pog collection. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I hope some of you fans out there catch that reference. (laughs) Oh, man. We got like hella sidetracked in the middle of a news story. Fuck it! <laughs> fuck them all! <laughs> An hour and six minutes, and you guys have got three, two and a half pieces of news. <laughs> yes, I hope they die. <laughs> yes, and I want them to burn in hell. All right. On a related note, why the fuck did I write on a related note when we got so sidetracked? It fucking ain't related to shit. On a related note, what the fuck Pogs and Rick and Morty we were talking about in fucking Mexico? This has nothing to do with any of that shit. On an unrelated note. On a note somewhere. Whatever. Yeah. On a note that's fucking posted on the back of my sun visor, Rebby Hardy Hardy again took to Twitter. 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 It's a sweater awesome. for your Twitter. <laughs> To threaten Double J Jeff Jarrett with four tweets, and I shall read the tweets right now. In her the voice. first one says, "Stop doing stupid interviews before I release your drunk texts and the DUI records that somehow haven't gotten out." Wait, oops. oops. How was that? I love how she's kind of Valley Girl. 
That's totally not Rebby Hardy. I know. Right? I'll take it. That's, that's my that's my Rebby Hardy impersonation. The second tweet followed. Don't say you want to be done with drama in a quiet manner and have the company's stooges like Jeff and Dutch give interviews spewing BS. What do you think of that one? That was, that was number two. That was take was, number two. You could be an erotic voice operator with that one, Ooh, I, I think. Like that. I like there you that. Go. Do the next one broken. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> the issues. Simple. And 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 cut dry, these morons trying to make it seem that way. I wouldn't have out here. I wouldn't have been here fighting for the family. Uh, I didn't like that one. Oh, it was. I'm, I'm not as broken. It was. Like one, a, I, I put in. I put it was in like a Yoda. medieval like I put imp- in more Yoda. Than <laughs> <laughs> my my broken is saying things backwards. Something <laughs> something something some some creature from Willow would say. <laughs> right. <laughs> and the last tweet. wait, and the last challenge. Do this one like Senior Benjamin. Truth <laughs> <laughs> is, TNA can't afford to go to courts over this. So they're going to downplay it to anyone who will listen and lie to look powerful. I didn't say puss in boots, yo. (laughs) (laughs) So, did I do a good Antonio Banderas, though? Yeah, yeah, it was a good Antonio Banderas. Uh, Wait, 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 wait. Was it young and action movie Antonio Banderas or modern and, and awkwardly fat? Why are you still making movies, Antonio Banderas? Well, according to you, it was Puss in Boots, Antonio Banderas. So I would assume that's where he's like, I don't got to look good for the camera anymore. Give <laughs> right? Me, give me that yeah, the- mound of bacon with melted cheese all over. Oh, my God. I just made myself it hungry. Uh, it definitely wasn't Desperado, Antonio Banderas. It definitely wasn't Mask of Zorro, Antonio Banderas. Uh, By no oh, means. my God. Um, I've heard rumors of a Zorro franchise reboot. I'd be okay with that. Zorro's a cool Okay, yeah, no, he he's never, something he, he should come around he every deserved. Yeah. They they should do a Zoro trilogy like every decade, two decades. Mmm. You made this drink good, baby. That's my baby. Panda Red. Making me drinks. Maybe she'll make an episode about it and break this chain of silence. She's recorded three episodes? Two. Two? Two. I gave her too much credit, guys. <laughs> two two episodes. And then we haven't had money for food, so it's like, do an episode on how to make ramen noodles. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> That's step one. Ramen Stop noodles. In the garbage. Ramen noodles and instant mash. <laughs> do, do an episode on fucking, on, uh, on cupboard cleaning, man. I used to fucking make some of my best dishes cupboard cleaning. Just fucking dig out fucking cans from everything. Dig out the meats that's in the bottom of your freezer. Dig out whatever's in your fucking pantry, the the shit in the back that's fucking been sitting there for three years. Whip all that shit together into something amazing with just a few herbs and spices. Oh, man. Why am I getting... You guys are making me hungry. This this has got to stop. Make me hungry, baby. Let's talk about old racists and Jews. All right, man. Let's talk about us. Uh, yes, this story 
in conjunction with last week's The Beef That Is Sticky segment. Woo! I really like that. I really like I that, like that I was able to twist. It's good. Beef should we gotta be keep, sticky. We gotta keep that one. Yeah, it's been sitting out in the war. You, you like thought it and then forgot about it for eight hours while you went on a drinking bender. And right. now it's like all slimy and green. But you're right. still going to cook it and eat it. Cause, well, you don't want to waste it. Yeah, know. that's a T-bone fucking steak. Yeah, you don't want to waste it. You'll Shit just don't grow on trees. <laughs> just douse it in salt. It'll be fine. The heat, It'll the, be heat fine. Kills, the heat kills all the bacteria. Damn right. <laughs> or Damn right or even worse, you, you pop it back in the freezer. So that you forget if that you're sat out forever. That steak anywhere past medium rare, you ought to be shot. Man, yes. even if it's green, Damn right. I mean, if, oh, yeah. if you cook it with shoe leather, I, I got, think I think there's no away. difference. No, if you if you cook it over medium rare and, and get shot, or you eat the green steak under medium rare, I don't think there's any difference. Medium rare is the best way to eat a steak. <laughs> you know, to be fair, a steak that's left out, man, the fucking all the bacteria is on the outside, so it doesn't matter how little you cook the inside because the bacteria can't get to the inside. Right, right, and they Not do say rounded up into hamburger. They do say the best steak is uh, is is left out to room temperature, and also I've I've watched I've watched videos it. on some of the best steak in the world being aged for a week in the air. Yes, some of the best meats Huge. in the world are aged for, yeah. for months, but they cut off yeah. the outside taste. Yeah, they, they cut off. The, yeah, I get that. I get that. that. I'm just saying that. You can't I'm just, just say saying. to people that they're left out for weeks and, and they're the best meat. You got to let them know <laughs> that they cut off the outer husk and the inside is delicious. It's just like cheese. It's just yeah, like exa- cheese. Yeah, it is. It's all a protein. God damn it. Sometimes I like Bubba, eggs. Sit Bubba, up at you time. and me are and just going to host to shut shop. up and eat from now on. You guys <laughs> shut the it. fuck up and eat these sloppy joes while we drink this Evan Williams and the fucking... You motherfucker. Oh, yeah. So what you got on the sticky meat, baby? The sticky meat, the beef. That is sticky and green. And God, we went off on a six-minute tangent about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Cornet Russo drama just gets better and fucking better, doesn't it? Love it. <laughs> I love it. I can't wait. Vince McMahon needs to sign this for fucking WrestleMania. I want to see these two in an unsanctioned match with guns, knives, and razor blades. <laughs> and a bag of thumbtacks on a yes. pole. Yes. Mm. With, with fucking Dean Ambrose, a special guest ref, but he comes out in a costume somewhere. There's no referee for half the match, and then all of a sudden Dean Ambrose shows up as the Indian. As Hello from- Kitty. <laughs> Hello Kitty. There I want to see go. him come out as Hello Kitty. <laughs> He comes out as Renee Young. <laughs> Did you just say he comes out of Renee Young? As like he comes, he comes take out. Take it of- as you will, folks. <laughs> we love you and respect your brains, and we know how our brains work. So your brains just do what brains do. But anyways, God, Vince Russo took the bitch route. And legitimately filed a restraining order against Jim Cornette. So there goes my dreams of seeing this match at WrestleMania. <laughs> I know, right? 
If it's unsanctioned, come on. <laughs> Cornette tweeted, why is Twitter involved at all in legal dealings and pro wrestling? He didn't I know, tweet it's that. fucking ridiculous. Cornette tweeted a scan of the court document, which was filed on Friday, <laughs> and it shows that Vince claims that Jim has been stalking him and his wife and daughter. His caption said, Holy Voldemort just filed emergency protective order on me. I can't hang out with him anymore. Why did Vince Russo do this, man? He was the winner until now, and now he's a bitch. Like, Russo just said he's scared of Cornette. It's it's ridiculous, man. Russo, man, I have I love Russo. I, I even the bros, the campy ass <laughs> fucking bros. I love the bros, but now he went and f- took the bitch route and filed a restraining order against Jim Cornette. What are you fucking well, I, scared of, Jim Cornette? I'm waiting to see where this where this goes, man. What is this leading to? It's an angle, man. It's got to be a huge fucking storyline. What happened is I. I feel like he's going to come up with something like he's going to come up with a challenge to Cornette. Like I will drop the restraining order. If we get together on a podcast and fucking debate this, bro. <laughs> Listen, do, bro. They, wait, now, no, they, the thing is, bro. Okay, bro. The thing is, bro. We're going to get together. All right, bro. We can do this. Hey, I'm honest, bro. We can do this. I'll drop the restraining order, bro. But we got to get together. But he's going to lie about, about it. And he's not going to drop the restraining order. And then they're <laughs> going to get, get together. Arrested. And there's going to be a cop there. <laughs> that would be That would be awesome. That would be a Vince Russo storyline. That what's would. Happening. That would definitely. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know what would be even better? Like the cops that they're waiting, they sit down and they start doing the fucking podcast. And then Goldberg leads a fucking trail of cops as if he's coming down in an entrance. <laughs> and his music plays and there's pyro that, that, that in front of the door that they open into the room where they're recording the podcast. <laughs> oh, my God. That's monkey. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's kind of ridiculous. Uh, I'm not happy Russo did this. It's not the high road, and I mean, kind of. I, I highly doubt Cornette has ever been within 50 feet of Russo anyways. I'm pretty sure Cornette does as much as he possibly can to stay as far away from the man as he can. That's the way he talks about it. At this point, I honestly thought that Cornette... Yeah, I honestly thought Cornette was kind of the one just trying to pull the publicity shit. But it's like, honestly, Russo, this is obviously a publicity stunt. Like, he has no reason to need a restraining yeah, no, order. No, the restraining order doesn't do anything, because they're both going to continue to talk shit about each other on their podcasts. Yeah, and neither one's ever going to fucking get together with each other and do anything. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just for the people to know that they're never going to fight. You know what I mean? Maybe it's for us. <laughs> just so that we don't, just so that we get our hope or don't get our hopes up? Yeah. Because I think they yeah. probably had a lot of pressuring over the last couple of weeks to just fucking do it. In a oh, death I'm match. sure. A literal death match. <laughs> <laughs> I told him, I told him I'd come without any guns and knives, but I'm going to bring a bat. 
I never <laughs> said a rocket launcher. <laughs> That was that was literally something Cornette said, folks. I, I ain't just saying that to make fun of the guy. That's what he said. He's like, he, he said that. I told him we we're going to do this without any guns or knives, but I didn't say I couldn't bring a bat. I'm going to bring a bat. <laughs> he said it, folks. He said it. So I guess you can't blame the motherfucker for violent restraining order because he did legitimately get threatened with a bat. I, and I mean, it's obvious. Why I mean, didn't he file the restraining order when Cornette, quote unquote, threatened to kill his, his wife family. and daughter? Yeah, no, <laughs> that that begs that question. <laughs> but hey, hey, you know what? Look at it this way. Maybe because Vince Russo, we all know Vince Russo is a mad genius uh, along the lines of a Vince McMahon, right? Yeah, he's a genius, but he's got some crazy in him, right? Mm-hmm. But Cornette, man, what if Vince is saying to himself? Cornette might just fucking be crazy and not a crazy genius. Like, what if Vince is honestly, honestly scared that this dude's going to fucking flip out and try to come and attack him and his family? Like, maybe, maybe he honestly thinks this. The guy doesn't sound right. We played a clip of him last week. The dude doesn't sound right. No. Cornette, I'm talking about. Yeah. He don't sound right. He sounds like he's got some problems. I feel like Russo could handle it, though, and I feel like he should know that. I think he could handle it unless the guy, you know... Cornette has fallen off the top of a scaffolding. Russo's never put himself in that position. (laughs) Russo's a former world champion, baby. (laughs) Wasn't Russo the one who wrote him into that position? That's part of the reason they hate each other, right? That, that would have been funny, huh? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Funny, so funny. I hope they keep this shit up. I hope this isn't the end of the feud. This would be, be such a horrible way for it to end. I want Cornette's more to gonna come. have so much shit to say. Cornette's not oh, going to be able to keep his mouth shut, not for half I'm a second. so looking forward to it. It's <laughs> awesome. And you know what? I, I got the picture. I don't... You know what? I think... In, uh, in in the midst of doing everything, I didn't publish the picture. I will do that. Actually, I'll do that as we talk right now. I'm going to go to Facebook and go to our Beef Sticks podcast page, facebook.com slash Beef Sticks podcast. You guys should know it by now, for real. As to post you shouldn't have to keep stressing the, uh, to you like this. Just go on there and like I, us. I'm Let going us to post know the picture that you're looking. Join the community. And I'm going to post a picture of this restraining order, this this legal, authentic document on our page. So you can go and see it. I mean, this this shit, um, it's, it's either a, a hell of a fake or it's or, or fucking Vince Russo legitimately did this. It looks it looks right, man. It looks right. It looks like what it is. And it's yeah, this this just can't be the end of their feud. I won't let it happen. I'll start you know, rumors if I with, have to. With with Russo filing the restraining order, you can bet this is part of some extended written storyline he has for this whole thing. Because he's been writing every little piece of it. You see it. Right. All right. So I have published the restraining order. If you don't want to go to fucking Facebook.com slash Podcast, just search the hashtag IHOPTJP. Because I tagged <laughs> it with IHOPTJP. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so 
It is case number 6SD01-1706-0. That's what we should have named the episode. Yeah, no shit. (laughs) That's clickbait if I've ever heard it. (laughs) Data coders won't be able to resist. (laughs) I thought it was all ones and zeros. And in case anybody's wondering, under the I am filing this petition for myself section, he checked off, I am or have been a victim filing it for a physical threat or even filing it for stalking charges. That's interesting. <laughs> well, I guess I guess multiple phone calls could be considered stalking, right? Oh my god. I hope not, or I'll Wouldn't it be so great if Vince Russo set up Cornette as a sex offender? (laughs) (laughs) That would be awesome. That would be awesome. (laughs) He was masturbating outside my window. Mm. Holy shit. So there's a list on here. The, uh, The respondent's relationship to me. One of the uh, things you can check that they have pre-written down for the respondent's relationship to me is I have adopted the child of the respondent. (laughs) Does that happen often? I guess it could. I guess because most of these are usually domestics, huh? Yeah, yeah. Say say you're in a a family, you're the kids in a family with a drunk, abusive father, and the the best friend's parent, yeah, adopts them, and and then there's retaliation. Yeah, no, that definitely makes a lot of sense. That's like kinda. that's like a after school special kind of sense. That'd be cool if Vince Russo put that down though. <laughs> <laughs> I have adopted the child of the respondent. <laughs> we got your daughter, Chuck. No, it'd be better if we put down the respondent and I are or have been engaged in a sexual relationship. <laughs> Come on, that one. I want them to put down that one. Yeah, they have been verbally yep. fucking each other. Nice one. Yeah. Oh, man. Hey, there's more. It tastes like seafood, and I ain't eating no seafood. I'll take it, though. I like seafood. There's more news, folks. It ain't fucking over yet. You know what? We're, we're, fuck, man. Maybe we'll do, uh, maybe we'll do our, um, our, um, maybe we'll do our Patreon with the Mae Young Classic. Because we're definitely not going to get into that by no means. Because we still got fucking, uh. I'm gonna I'm gonna quickly do the last fucking uh, the last deal here, and then we'll get into uh, money in the bank. Um, and this is kind of a big one. It sounds like WWE may have possibly written Maurice off TV this week. Maurice, not Maurice. They're two different people. According to Dave Meltzer on the Wrestling Observer video, WWE has been teasing a breakup for a couple weeks. And this last night, not last night, but on uh, Monday night, she walked out on Miz. After he ruined uh, uh, her grandfather clock, that was a few nights ago, or a few weeks ago. But anyway, oh, he did it again. Man, he did it again. He, oh, did he do it again? I must have not caught that. He, he keeps beating to, up the grandfather okay, clock. Okay, well, ta- stop talking about it then. <laughs> he he uh, was trying to have a I'm sorry party, and he he repaired the grandfather clock that he destroyed because he's not timeless. They are timeless. 
And yeah, then, just destroy it again, huh? And then Dean Ambrose came out, yeah, and Miz like lunged at Dean Ambrose, and Dean Ambrose moved, and he destroyed the clock again. It was stupid. Yeah. But hey, so anyway, Miz has traded up. <laughs> right? Yeah. Now he's got Bo and Curtis. Lucky it's fucker. It's great for Bo and Curtis. Hey, and right Bo's got the fucking. Bo's starting the Wyatt beard, man. Mm-hmm. It's only a matter yes, of time is. before they put him into the fucking. Uh, before they put him into the the family. I used to hate the idea of it so bad, but now it just makes sense. I'm telling you, and, he, and he's starting to look a little more like him, huh? A and little then, yeah, less like his sister. Gray and Bo less versus like Matt and Jeff, like yo. I'd Gray love it. I'd, oh. Only if they were broken. Only if they're broken. Yes. I don't want them to do it or not. But due to this, Meltzer speculates that uh, WWE just brought in Mike and Maria Kanellis. We'll get into that when we talk to pay-per-view folks, because that might sound a little weird. And WWE may have felt that their gimmick is a little too similar to the Miz Maurice's, so they're getting rid of the established stars that they know the gimmick works for to make room for these new guys that it may hit or miss. Which, for the record, it's going to hit. Mike and Maria have been together forever, and they are actually legitimately together, so it's still going to work. I assume it'll work just as good. But And Miz definitely doesn't need Maurice anymore. I actually hey, hey we've you've been saying got, that for a while. I got a happy boner. I got a happy boner when he picked up Axel and, Bo- and Dallas. Yeah, you and I have both said we wish that she she doesn't help him any. She distracts him. Like I mean, not even like of course storyline. You know, like she distracts but him she and he loses. Can't remember her just lines. Real life. And yeah, as the Miz's wife, you need to be on point. He's so on point. He's beyond on point. He can lead us to believe that some of the shit he says is completely off the script and for real. Yeah. I mean, you got to remember, too, English is her second language. Maybe he should have so, I mean, picked a better wife. It, but maybe she, he should. She's blonde and French. I got to marry her, man. Or Mika Rotunda. <laughs> what about Mika Rotunda, man? Yo. She's not French. She's Canadian. Well, she's French-Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> My point stands. But, yeah. What about Mika Rotunda, man? I want to I wanna see her in there, man. She signed Who's something she with WWE, but she's it's not a wrestler contract. No, she well at least as of now she's not yet in the May Young Classic, which which was kind of you know rumors. But I, as of um, yet, she's not official. I don't think she's been wrestling this might be very really long. superficial of me, but it is. I look at her and all I get and you is see Bo Dallas. Dallas. I yeah. know. She looks just like him. <laughs> it's she's so the bad. Spitting image of him. It's the worst thing ever. Bo Dallas it's fucked freaky. his own mom, and this is what happened. It's freaky. It's freaky as shit. I don't like it. I don't like oh. it. Neither of them look like their father, so why does the sister look so much like Bo? And what does the how mother come, look like? That mother's yeah, gonna how, have a chin from hell. <laughs> how come none of them look like... Well, Mike Rotunda has the chin. He has the chin, because I've always said, I think Mike Rotunda and Bruce Campbell... Hey, by the way, Bruce Campbell's birthday today. Happy birthday, Happy Bruce Campbell. Happy birthday! Us here at Beef Sticks are huge Bruce Campbell fans, and hey, is there? There's very few fucking actors who are more Beef Stick ish than fucking Bruce Campbell and his almighty chin. Okay, that's the truth. But, anyways, um, yeah, I, I mean, he's got the chin, and they got their dad's chin, but they honestly, they none of them do look like. At least they don't have his eyes or his nose. Like they, I don't see Mike Rotundo when I look at any of them. When I look at all three of them, I see each other. I see all three of them. Yeah. It's, it, yeah, it's weird. But, like, even Bray. Bray doesn't look as much like Bo as as the sister does. 
Well, we got to wait and see, man, because the more he grows his beard, the more he might look like Bray. So maybe they all right. do look alike. But I mean, we've all seen we've, no, we all seen Bray as Husky Harris. Maybe not all of us, but I was fortunate enough to see Bray as Husky Harris. Yeah, but he he had the beard. It was. He wasn't a clean-shaven, you know, smooth baby butt. No. And none of us have seen Mika Rotunda with, with, with a beard. I hope we do. You know, just say. Sister Abigail has a beard. That'd be so great. <laughs> Uh-oh. Folks, we just lost connection. That never happens. Never on B-Sticks history. Never once have we lost connection during the middle of a show. But we got it back. That was easy yeah, this of course. time. Holy shit. That was so, so easy. <laughs> so, back to what I was talking about. I was about. just what telling the audience about how this never happens on the show. No, never. <laughs> fucking weird, man. The shit's just fucking... We need to get a fucking studio. We're not or even something. using cell phones at all. We're using computers no. connected to the internet the right way. Maybe I should just quit leeching off of my fucking neighbor's internet and use my own, huh? <laughs> you fucking cheap bastard. I know, right? No, I kid. Um. So hey, what about? And I want to get into fucking. I want to get into money in the bank as soon as fucking possible. But I just remembered this, and we're talking about this, so I got to throw it out there. What about that fucking English tabloid? I don't remember what it's called. Is it called the Is it called the the Sun? I want to say it's called the Sun, but I might be making that up. That Anyways, close. they posted a story that um, Bray Wyatt not only was cheating on his wife with JoJo, but also with his sister Mika Rotunda. And they posted don't pictures of the two that. of them looking really cozy, but not any ex. I mean, they looked like if you didn't know they were related, they could be going together. But they also look like a picture that a brother and sister would have took together without being Bray, weird. If, you know what if, I mean? If Bray Wyatt ran his own cult, there's a very good chance he could fuck his sister <laughs> because of the power granted to him. Remember, he is the husband of many in the fucking, in the neighborhood. <laughs> Maybe she's one of them fucking, or in the community. Maybe she's one of them in the community. <laughs> Don't let it happen. That means he's probably fucking Bo Dallas, too. <laughs> could be. There could be. They're having threesomes. Ah. I bet they drink a lot of milk, them three. <laughs> I bet they drink a lot of milk. <laughs> oh, that's so bad. Let's not talk uh, about that ever again, because I love Bray Wyatt, and I don't want him to be incest. Don't be Ray incest, Wyatt. Bray. Oh, the Wyatts are you the You eat McCoy. JoJo's ass all you want to, man. I want them to be the Mc... What if they were the McPoyles of WWE, man? That would be awesome. <laughs> it wouldn't. It wouldn't. Somebody's, somebody's got to be the McPoyles of WWE. Oh, God. Now Vince that we brought it up. Like, Everybody's on the LBGT bandwagon. Let's get some incest in the programming. I want to see there be a group of McPoyles, and then at some time, an unnamed superstar comes in as the green man and just fucking beats them all in a fucking in a big battle royal between them, them fucking three or whatever against the... Against the green man. That's all right. If, if anybody, if nobody watches Always Sunny in Philadelphia, they have no idea what we're talking about. But we lost, we lost them. We lost them. Lost fucking them. To be fair, if you're not watching Always Sunny in Philadelphia, there's something fucking wrong with you. Yeah. 
Because it's always I gotta, sunny. I gotta so. keep watching. Because, like, I start at the beginning, and then I never get to the point where they put Danny DeVito in, and I'm always like, where the fuck's Danny DeVito? Dude, they put Danny DeVito in in the fucking eighth episode. You don't no, fucking don't. get very far. Yes, they do. No, there's no he's, way. He's, he's in... He's of the second season, and the first season only, like, fucking eight or nine episodes long, dude. Yeah. Danny DeVito's in from the fucking beginning, bro. You're full of lies and bullshit, and I won't believe you till there's an episode of Fantastic Fables about it. I should do that. I, I could easily do that. I love that show. We gotta do Gotham. I love the fact that... I wanna sit love, down before the next wanna, season of Gotham go- starts, and I wanna fucking... I wanna talk some Gotham. Well, let's let's record two of them one day. I want to do Rick and Morty with you. No, no, no. Rick and Morty's way better than Gotham's ever hoping to be. Let's have them. And you know that. (laughs) I'd do both of them with you though, but I want to do Rick and Morty with you first. Okay. Because I'm 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 like I'm like emotionally invested in Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty is easy to talk about though, and everybody's heard all the fan theories, and that's like. Where I can talk about it, but oh my god, who wants to hear it? Dude, I think, like, other than a handful of us, a lot of people don't fucking look that far into Rick and Morty. Anybody who watches YouTube, which is a lot of people, they might not watch it for three, four hours a day like I do. Dude, Rick and Morty just doesn't have the ratings to back up that theory, man. (laughs) You, You wait till season three finally starts. Everybody's on the fucking Rick and Morty bandwagon to the point I season almost want to stop watching it. Season four. Three. I said Season three. four, episode three, folks, comes out next week. Season four, episode three comes out next week, though, folks. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Season three had an awesome killer season finale. I loved the season finale of, of season three. If you haven't seen it yet, I don't want to fucking ruin it for you. Season four's first two episodes were kind of recap shows. So, you know, whatever. Every show does it. Season 4, episode 3. It comes out next week, Wednesday, at midnight. Don't fucking miss it. Cartoon Network, Adult Swim. Am I am I high and buzzed, or what the fuck is cheap, going on here? Cheap plug. Now, let's get into Money in the Bank, baby! <laughs> What's happening? I'm so lost right now. I'm with people to say my fucking Dan Harmon and Justin Roiland are fucking with people. Because then, then they, they released that it was coming out this summer. No, 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 no. But then, then they said it's coming out in the summer, and now they said it's been pushed back again. Or remember, they said it was going to be a two-part episode, and then we got a one-part episode, and then they said it was fucking. You know, they they're just fucking playing everybody. They have no fucking idea what they're doing. They haven't even they haven't even started working on it left. yet. They haven't no, even started working on it. One. They're they still banking story. off of those. They're still shit. banking off all the 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 Hulu money. Dan, Dan Harmon's still fucking living off the fucking uh, community money from the show Community. He doesn't fucking need fucking Rick and Morty. <laughs> Fuck that shit. Justin Roiland just got done with fucking uh 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 um uh oh fuck what's what's the, with Mabel and uh God what was that cartoon? Good cartoon too. Yep. yep. So with that being said. Let's get into the fucking pay-per-view. That I didn't watch because I heard things and I was like, okay. Kickoff show, Hype Brothers versus <laughs> the Colognes. I didn't fucking watch it. Good, because um, neither did I. 
keeping the trend of I think almost every pay-per-view this year. I haven't watched it. And I was thinking about this today in the shower, folks. Yes, I was thinking about you in the shower. You should I was. you should hashtag boycott pre-shows because but I was, everybody deserves well, to be on the show. Make the show. Was, it's on your network. Make it longer. Make everybody oh. fit. So here, here we go, because because that's kind of what I'm going to get into here, Pasty. What you just said. You Good, see I didn't watch online. it. We have the same view. You I can't control the online. volume of my voice. <laughs> you see all this stuff online. People keep saying, does it fucking matter if they're on the pre-show or not with the network now being a thing where it's all basically one thing anyways? It's the network, right? So it doesn't yeah. fucking matter, does it, if they're on a pre-show or not? Okay, so I was thinking about this. The so, thing is, is that it's a dark match, and if the d- network didn't exist, it would just be a dark match. But because correct, the network exists, there is no space for dark, because it's all green. Is, so the argument is, is there even a dark match anymore, or is that no. just the first episode? Yeah, it's a green or the first, not not episode, first match, right? Is that the yeah. curtain jerker, as they would call it in the business? Oh, I call um, a curtain jerk something else, but that's when oh. I whack off in my shorts without pulling them so, down. My first thought was, <laughs> I don't think I've watched any of the pre-show matches this year, um, including WrestleMania. I didn't watch the WrestleMania pre-show matches. So there I said, no. Oh, I was in for the whole they, fucking 12-hour experience. WrestleMania. So, I like okay. shoot I shoot like eight, eight balls of heroin, and then I just <laughs> kind of pass out on the chair in front of the TV for a week, and that's how I enjoy my WrestleMania. So my first, my first response is... If you're watching at home... He's just ignoring me, folks. No, I, I am, because I'm trying to fucking say something. <laughs> Fuck saying things. This is Beef Sticks Podcast. <laughs> so my point is, my first my first point is, the people watching at home, yes, a, a pre-show match does make a difference because you aren't going to watch a pre-show match. Obviously, I haven't watched a pre-show match all year, so as a viewer, I see that as a different match. So that's my first stop. It's different because I'm not watching it, obviously. Right. My second thought is the the network. So the argument is everything's on the network now and you watch it all at one time, so does it really matter? So if you go back and you watch WrestleMania from this year or you watch Royal Rumble from this year or you watch fucking, God forbid, Roadblock or whatever, the f- Fastlane of this year, the worst pay-per-view, it does not include the pre-show. The pre-show isn't on there. No, so the network assumes so the network assumes it is not part of the pay-per-view and it is something different. So then you go to okay, what about the wrestlers themselves? Hey, they say I'm on the show, I'm getting watched and it's all one thing and it's all on the network and people are tuning in. So to the wrestlers does it make a difference? Well, if you go through and buy any of the DVDs, they do not include the pre-match. In fact, if you buy the Blu-rays that have like hours of extras, most of the pre-match either. So that's actually taking money out of the wrestlers' pockets because the, the wrestlers get a percentage of each DVD sold with their match on it. So in all categories you can fucking think of, a pre-show match is getting shit on. So there was my long fucking ramble. I'm sorry, Pasty. So okay. my long fucking ramble about the rights of fucking people that shouldn't be put on pre-shows. They I actually have for... something to say that's very related to the matter. Awesome. Yes. Speak up, my brother. 
My Evan Speak Williams and Cola. My Evan Williams and Cola tastes like shit. And I don't know if it's because of the ice melting or if it's because that the cola is Shasta. That's my sentiment. It's strong, but it tastes like booty. And it's either because of the cola or it's because of the ice melting. It makes you taste like booty. But I was very related to the topic at hand, and so I had to put it in there. So the very first match of Money in the Bank was the women's Money in the Bank ladder match. Lots of fucking that controversy was the first coming out. Match. I'm so glad I didn't watch this shit show. Hey, I no, I called it. I said it should be the first match because it's obviously no. not going to be the last match. They should do and two in a fucking row, the strong, and they should no, have the women no. go first, that and the men come out, and they use the same broken ladders. The men that should would have kill to. The you definitely can't do two in a row. I, I, I thought they should, and I thought that was the right place on the card for it. Um, Make the men go first. If this is such a historic match, as we later proved that it wasn't, and uh, we once again proved match. on SmackDown that it definitely wasn't historic, because now it's a SmackDown match. Yeah, I know. But it was the very first women's Money in the Bank match, and during the match, and when you go back and watch it, Pace, you will see the women did show that they can use the, the ladder they can climb the ladder. They can reach the briefcase. Wait. They can do all the shit that the, that the men do. What? You're telling me straight fire actually managed to set a ladder up? She couldn't do it with a table. <laughs> Becky Lynch, right? she set a ladder up? Did she or did she just <laughs> use other people's ladders? But I know ladders were set up. No, I need to know if a ladder was fans tell me because I'm not going to watch it. Fans tell me, did Becky Lynch set up a ladder successfully? <laughs> you should go back and watch. This is one of the better pay-per-views they've had this year, so I, I would recommend it. It was way better than Extreme Rules. Let's say I heard that, it was blah, which blah, blah. blah. The, the ladder matches were something to talk about, and they always are. And then Jinder yeah. won, and nobody was expecting that, but I called it. <laughs> yeah, nobody so. was expecting. I don't think anybody thought he was going to lose. Um, But it was, it was an okay match to start out with. Um. And and I liked the fact that they didn't do a bunch of crazy spots because, A, as I mentioned before, there's not enough women on the roster to risk any getting injured. You're going to fuck yourself there if that happens. I think. And so the ending, if for some reason nobody knows, the ending happened when James Ellsworth pushed somebody off the ladder. I want to say it was Becky, but I don't remember it who Becky. it was. Becky was climbing up and he went to okay. take the ladder. Yep. I didn't even watch this so, shit and I know. <laughs> he he tipped the ladder over, and he climbed up. And my worst fear was was that going to have James Ellsworth win the title. But I they wish didn't. they would have. They should James have. James Ellsworth got the fucking briefcase off of it, and he dropped it down. And I, I give Carmella a lot of credit because I thought he was going to drop that right on her fucking head and bust <laughs> her open. And she actually caught it. She caught it well. And then so she can't, credit for that. then she, she's injured and she can't have it. So he has to have it. That'd be great. No, I <laughs> yeah, think, right. I think especially with the way Daniel Bryan just peeled it back on SmackDown, they should have definitely if, gave it to James. If you erase, if you erase SmackDown, if you were just watching the pay-per-view without seeing SmackDown, this was a good ending. Cause it was, she's the heel. Um, it's okay for her to end this way. No, this has got because, even, because even, it's okay. That's that's how heels that's how heels get things. They don't deserve them. But 
the problem, I think the biggest problem, and I don't think WWE expected this, and they should have. They fucking should have. Because I'm not fucking kissing this pay-per-view's ass or this match's ass by no means. Yeah. The biggest problem was the ending should have gotten heel heat on Carmella and James Ellsworth, and it didn't. The ending got heel heat on WWE itself. Everybody was pissed at WWE. Everybody was pissed at the writers. Nobody was pissed at Carmella or James Ellsworth. No, well, they built so it, it up to be such a big thing. This is historical. That was problem. And yeah, then you have a man sully it. And God damn it, was... I'm a man, and I really don't like the heat men have been getting this week because it's the third of this whole fucking... fiasco. Although I do see, and, if this was the Kirsten third, was just asking me, cool. Kirsten was just asking me, how long is it going to be today until women are fighting men in WWE? And I think James Ellsworth could Never. be that bridge. Never. I think women could compete against men in 205 Live. Boom. Never. Not, unless, not until WWE is no longer a publicly traded company. It won't happen. <laughs> no, because if you're pushing for women's equal rights, I'm not saying men are beating women up. I'm saying women are in matches with men. But the and problem winning. is nobody is pushing for women's equal rights. Not even women are pushing for women's equal rights. There was big fucking posts everywhere this past weekend about how Father's Day is so shit. And fathers don't get a day because women work so hard and there's no reason they should get a Father's Day. Women are not pushing for fucking equal rights. They're just pushing to fucking push. Mm. If you had, if, if the same women who are pushing for equal rights seen a match between a man and a woman on WWE TV, they would bitch about it. Right. Even if the woman kicked his ass, they'd bitch about it because at one point he fucking picked her up and he body slammed her. That's the problem. That's the problem with you fucking bitches. I'm sorry to say that. I might get some heel heat here too. Yeah, no, I, I might get some heel heat here too. Because, like, if women were really pushing for, like, equal, equal rights, don't you think you'd see more women busting their ass as chefs in a busy kitchen? I'm not saying you don't see them. But you don't but, like, see it as Women much. aren't stepping up to fill the role of, quote-unquote, man jobs. Right? N- you know? Equal rights has... has I fill the role of a hand job. It's, a lot, <laughs> it's <laughs> a lot deeper than I feel like a lot of feminists see it as. You want to be equal to a man, you got to be equal to a man. You can't yeah. pick and choose. And that's, I feel like a lot of them pick and choose. I'm, I'm not trying to be a dick here. I'm just stating it the way I seize it. And I don't side with men a lot because I feel like men are a lot of uh, chauvinistic assholes. Oh, we're all assholes, and we're all worthless. I'm not saying that sarcastically. I'm being honest. I try we to are. break the mold, but I, I found out the only way to survive is to be a dick, and I like it. Right. But, uh, yeah, we're getting a little off topic again here, but I thought the match itself was Off topic. Right. We should start a store chain called Off Topic. Off Topic. <laughs> Put it right next to Hot Topic, and it'll just be all the fucking most random shit. Well, that's already Hot Topic, isn't it? Hot Topic's already all the random shit. <laughs> but we'll be more random, like like, like Rick and Morty shirts with with Bob's Burgers slogans. Right. it <laughs> <laughs> would be awesome. <laughs> the most ADHD oh. store you've ever walked into. <laughs> we'll be ring, we'll be ringing you up and then we'll send you to a different store before we even pay. We'll be ringing all your clothes up and then be like, "Hey, have you fucking have you seen a new game at GameStop? You should go check that shit out. Quick, it's right over there. Go check it out. Fucking don't worry about this shit. It'll be here later. Go check it out." 
Hey, have you gotten that fucking pretzel over in the food court? God, that shit's good. Tell them to put extra salt on it. Go now. What do you mean you only got 10 bucks? Don't spend it on our merchandise. Go get the fucking pretzel. Off topic. <laughs> we can have Hot Pockets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Man. It's good. We could so have my, a store so called I'm, Off I'm Topic. Saying, we I'm should make, we should make the Beef Sticks store be called Off Topic. We can. Store. We yeah. can make all whatever the fuck we want. Yeah, we can. Off topic. I like it. I like it a lot. We don't. So basically, the match was okay. It was okay. Um, for the first women's Money in the Bank ladder match, it was good, except for the ending. It should as have been a regular great. Money, it the, should have been great. A, uh, no, I mean it should have been better than it was. You never want the first one to be the best, obviously. Yeah, but now after this. The thought of seeing it every year is—it's well, exhausting. It depends know. on. I mean, if you look at who was in this one, it couldn't have been great. It should because you have got been, Becky even Lynch if they started the show Natalia. off. It should have been better than the men's match. Becky Lynch and Natalia are the only two that could have put on a, a good ladder match. Who else do you got? Carmella, we knew she wasn't going to. Tamina, we knew she wasn't going to. Charlotte Flair. Sorry to everybody who rides the fucking flare dick, but she's as green as Carmella and Tamina. She has not been wrestling but a few years. So none of these women know what the fuck they're doing. Now, if some of these women from the Mae Young Classic get signed and called up, if some of these women from NXT get called up, and you can have a fucking, and you can have Leva Bates and Asuka and Sasha and people like that in a fucking ladder match. Leva, why are you talking about Leva Bates? She's not even with the company anymore. I want her to come back. I love. Me She's not fans. currently, but I'm saying if you can get some women, Honestly, you know, Serena Deeb is, is, is fucking, the way uh, is plays her character. And with Tyler Bate, She's not going to come back as herself ever. Not, well, look at WWE loves to shorten names. Hashtag I hop TJP. So, I mean, she does. She could just come in as Leva. Doesn't have to be blue pants. Bates, you know. I think they could run with blue pants, though. Blue pants was hot. Everybody was chanting blue pants. Everybody wanted blue pants. I know, but that's such it's a horrible so dumb. name. It was it's over. so dumb, but it was it's so horrible. over. You got to run with that. You, I, you're you dumb not to run with that. And then, you could, then you could, could sell T-shirts with a pair of blue pants printed on the front of them for $20 then, like, a piece. And then she comes to the ring with red pants and people still chant blue pants at her and shit like that. You know, she comes to the ring with yellow pants and people are still calling her blue pants. That's her name. First name blue, last name pants. Oh, what was the second match? Um, I'm going to uh, guess the second match was the tag team title match. Yeah, we're going to guess Usos, that. The Usos took I'm gonna the bitch road. Usos yep, so one, one day is H. Mm-hmm. Um. Now again, and now uh, they have what, a T-shirt. Now they have a T-shirt that says "Day One is H," but above it, it says "Down Sense." So it says "Down Sense Day One is H." <laughs> it's like, why are you making it more stupid? Why has it got to be two things on one thing? <laughs> I thought it was a bad. Move. I, actually, I think the the problem is nobody knew what the fuck one day ish meant. So they kind of have to explain. Day I literally, hey, I really the homies from ex- the hood know all about day one-ish. I had to explain it to B when we were watching it. She's like, what does day one-ish mean? And I was like, "It's you've been down since day one. They're twins. They've always had each other. I was like, if you're if you fucking grew no offense, up with but your sister's from fucking white. kindergarten, 
and and you've and you've fucking always known this dude from the block or from the hood or from the res or from whatever. Yeah. You've been down since day one. It's day you one. Day shit, one. You know what I mean? You my yeah, day one, so, Waterfield. But I don't think they knew that. You my day one, pasty. But people really don't know that. Ones, now they got it. We didn't meet each other till well into our lives. Hey, time doesn't exist. So we've but known we've each other been forever. down since day one. Yeah, where time started existing for us. Damn right. That's deep. All right. So, uh, I can feel our just souls to, intertwining. To do it, a, a quick little recap. What happened was uh, the Usos were losing, so they ended up grabbing their titles and taking a countout loss. Which, if people know championship advantage, the champions cannot lose on a countout. So they get to keep their titles, but they did lose the match. Now, first, I'm going to say I am okay with this ending because they're heels, and this is the first time these two teams have met, so it's cool for it to end this way. Yeah. My problem with it was we just seen a bullshit heel ending in the Money in the Bank match, and when you follow one of those matches with the same kind of ending, it really looks bad. Yeah. Mm. It's hard for the fucking audience to get into the same fucking bullshit ending twice in a row. So I feel like if they'd have moved this match on the card a little, the ending would have worked a little more. But I don't know what else. You, well, actually, I know what else you would have put in here. You would, would have put in that, that weird fucking match between uh, the Fashion Police and the Ascension that had no no reman, reason or rhyme fucking being the second to last match on the card. That was stupid. <laughs> it, it was literally after it, it followed the world title match. The fucking Fashion Police versus Ascension had a higher billing than the fucking world title match. That was stupid. You could have put that at this spot right here. That that should have been the pre-show. Just say. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Both of them could have been. The pre-show that they I had. I love the Fashion Police. But if you put the Ascension in there, yeah, that's pre-show material. So there you go. They, they kept their titles. So you and I both uh, predicted they'd win. So we were wrong on that. But they did keep the titles. Which we both thought they were going to do. I consider that. But a we kind of got a half. I've point. lost. Yeah, we I got lost. A half the, point. The, the only cash pool we ever did, I lost on something like that because I said he was going to keep it on a disqualification, but he won. And it's like, goddamn, that's the same <laughs> fucking thing. It's the same goddamn thing. Nah. I just read into it too much. Um. So after that, I think we had the. What, also, was that the I want to. While we're on this point, I do want to say on 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 SmackDown. Big E took on one of the Usos in one-on-one match, and partway through, the other Uso pulled him out of the ring and said, this isn't worth your time, and they walked out again, which is where I come to believe that New Day versus Usos in a Hell in a Cell is going to happen. I don't think a cage is enough to contain it. I think it needs to be a Hell in a Cell. Hey, two things are going to point on that. At SummerSlam. Two two things point out there. One... Was I thought it was super cool because I'm always fucking talking about how I love Xavier Woods' fucking curly boots. I don't think you've seen it since the Iron Sheik, man. Not yep, enough people yep. wear fucking curly-toed boots. Uh, I don't know how many people caught it. They have it in the wrestling the games ring, every year, but you never when, use it. When, uh, when, when, when they were coming down to the ring, one of the fans, a small young uh, uh, female fan, like probably like 10, 11, 12, she fucking asked if she could touch fucking Xavier Woods' boots, and he let her rub them. That was so cool. That, was, that fucking made my day. I was like, that's awesome. Because I, I made sure to watch their entrance, which was actually one of their most boring entrances they've had. Um, But on another note, 
Um, since, since I've been boycotting Raw and SmackDown until they start doing good shows, which SmackDown did not do this week. Hey, wait, I got another conspiracy um, here. The, the little bit, hold on, just, just let me finish this. Just let me okay. finish this and I'll let you do it. Because okay. this is short and sweet. Um, I, I, I have to find, I have to find uh, clips and st- I have to watch stuff through other means so that WWE does not get any credit for it. So this one place that I watch stuff, uh, which may or may not be completely legit, I don't know, I'm not saying. It's cool because during the commercials, they actually play the footage that's being recorded. So you actually get to completely watch the whole match. Just I doesn't wanna... have the announcers on it. That's pretty fucking cool. I like that. So I'm going to keep watching that shit. I want to say fuck that place because during the second half of, or the, the last 15 minutes of the Okada Omega match, they shoved like 45 commercials in there and it was agonizing. So fuck Dude, that place. I don't get commercials on mine. You're not fucking doing it right. No, I went to the same exact one you told me. God You're damn not it. Doing this it is right. not meant for the show. <laughs> so I want to hear your conspiracy theory though, Loke. I want to hear this. James Ellsworth won the women's Money in the Bank ladder match because the event took place on Father's Day. Oh, hey, what about that? What about Raven? What now, women? Father's Day! Yeah! Brother! I think we're getting... Really... It's really bothering me. What? My ass is sweaty. I think we're getting super heated because my butt is really sweaty and it's bothering me. Well, you're on the Ginger Mahal diet, aren't you? I'm standing up now because my ass is sweaty. <laughs> it's it's bothering me. You need to get an ASAC. An ASSAC. <laughs> oh my god, my pillow's gone. I want to get that. Uh, I want to get that. Um, bed your pillow went that. up your ass. No, but I'm getting a pillow now for my chair, so I got something a little more airy and fluffy to sit on. I don't know if that'll help, but I'm too fat to be fucking bending over talking to motherfuckers. Just take your pants off. Nobody can see. <sighs> my pants are off. <laughs> and my dog is sitting on my lap. How do you like that, motherfucker? Ain't you got central air? You got central air. You use that shit. You just got a $4 an hour raise. It's not on. My dog grooming is going fucking good, folks. <laughs> like my he dog just, grooming is going good. He just Baby. took out a pack of Mastiffs. I, and I Poodles. Did. The Poodles is where the cash is, for real. Because you got a lot of maintenance. Yeah, but man, I'm telling you. Yeah, they're, they're fucking fur. You got to... Every poodle that comes into my place, like their owners want their shit looking exquisite. Like they're, like they're fucking Kardashians or something. And they shit. don't do a goddamn thing for the dogs. I look at them and I'm like, You got a question if they're even feeding them. You don't have to front on me, bitch. <laughs> don't be afraid it's, it's only, only a, a dick. dick. Only a tick. We're talking about my dog grooming. Tick. You be good to me. I'm going to give him shampoo. be good to you. And, and we'll both ride home in my automobile. Dude, you know, we covered really that song. We covered really that song at a Halloween party. And you're fucking it up here with the real song. But we covered that song at a Halloween party, so that song means a whole lot to me that was so fun so fun and then i got my nipple bit by some random girl and then we played tippy cup 
and it was an epic night. And you weren't there yet, and you should have been there. I did. I ruined it. I ruined it. Song. You're a bitch. You're a bitch. You're a bitch. Uh, I know we gotta fucking end it because we're past our limit. So uh, we did the SmackDown tag team title. We did the, in the Money in the Bank men's match. Baron Corbin won it. It was really good. Again, they didn't put on the the most wild and extreme ladder match ever. But if you ask me, if you're not gonna have the most extreme one, then you just cut it down the middle and make it a solid one. And they made it a solid one. It was good. Uh, Kevin Owens took all the bumps. I'm gonna say that. Um, and that was kind of cool. He's good at it, and he doesn't care. He's just there to make the money. He'll. That's why I like Owens. He's always willing I to didn't put his like, body out there. You know? um, Nakamura got attacked right away by fucking uh, Baron Corbin. And then he then he didn't come out until like five minutes left in the match. That always bothers me in any match. Yeah. To me, there should be a time limit. If you don't come back to the ring within five minutes, you're, you're fucking match. technically out of it. I like that. Um, he didn't win it, and that's okay. And I think it protected him. Because, um, because A, as, as we were talking before, he's a big deal. He shouldn't be just fucking another guy in a match. He's a big yeah. deal. He should be protected. But a big deal should not be out of the match the whole time. Uh, no, but he shouldn't be. They're really not making a big but deal. But he shouldn't be in the match. He shouldn't have ever had to be in a, in a Money in the Bank match. He's bigger than that. But also, I don't think, and I'd have to go back and do some research, and I haven't, but I'm pretty sure Nakamura's never been in a ladder match. Uh, New Japan doesn't do a lot of that kind of gimmicky bullshit because they don't have to. They got good wrestling. Right, well, they got um, people that so, are doing moves that could legit kill a guy if yeah, it was, right. like, only landed half a degree in the other direction. So um, it, I, I don't crazy. think he's ever done a ladder match, so, <laughs> I mean, it's okay that he was out, but I don't like that. Junior Mahal versus Randy Orton, I don't remember a whole lot. I do want to point out that there were legends at ringside for no reason at all. I mean, Cowboy Bob Borton was there, but there was a whole bunch of them, which made no sense. And then what really fucking bothered me... Ric Flair is ringside for Randy Orton's fucking title match against Jinder Mahal. The Wait, motherfucker but Bob wasn't Orton's there. Sitting there. Cowboy Bob Orton, yeah. Yeah. Why isn't Bob Orton ringside? He is. That's what I just said. Well, you, I, I thought like standing in as like manager. Oh no, they're all just like seated front oh, row. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. Okay, that makes yeah, a little yeah. bit more sense. Okay. So they're all there sitting front row and shit, but Ric Flair is there sitting front row for Orton's fucking match against Jinder. Ric Flair was not sitting front row for his daughter's match in a fucking history-making money-in-the-bank fucking ladder match. Father of the fucking year on Father's <laughs> Day, cocksucker Flair. Come on, you bitch. That, 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 that just made no sense to me. Well, like, storyline, they hate each other now. Remember? That's Yeah, that's true. Well, no, because she's a face now. No, she's a face now. So they don't hate each other anymore. They like you each don't. Other. They haven't. They haven't mended that bridge yet. It'll happen. Yes, but they're they're both yet. faces. So by WWE rules, they have to like each other. Just like Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns never made up, but they're best friends. I like how uh, the the ladder match ends, and now Natalia's back to being a face again. Is she already? Kind of kick kissing Daniel Bryan's ass and like being really annoying and like. I, I love her, but they need to get rid apologetic. of her. She's another one who's going to be so much better off when she's out of WWE. She, yeah, much no, her, her character, like, it feels genuine, but she doesn't feel like a genuine person. I don't know. It's hard to for me to put my finger on it. I always thought that she would make a great champion. She would make a great champion, but every time she opens her mouth, I'm like, oh, my God, leave. And you know what? Every time she opens her mouth, I'm like, oh, my God, I come. 
You need to get that rim shot on the fucking computer, dude. I got it. I just hit it. Did you? After. Yeah. When are you going to get that shit through my mic so I know what the fuck's going on? Well, you said you sounded like God, and so to knock you down a peg, I took you off the speakers, or you wouldn't uh, hear it when it played. Uh, 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 Technically, I do have five fingers. Have you ever watched The Simpsons? God has five fingers in the Simpsons universe and nobody else does. So I might be a god to the Simpsons. I don't know. With that being said, we got to wrap this up, folks. If you want to catch any more, we're going to be talking about the May Young Classic and all the contestants that are in it. And we're going to be talking a lot more. And we're fucking drunk. And we're going to be cussing. And maybe there will be some talk about spooging in your mother's cunt hairs. We, we might know. even talk about wrestling. I doubt it. <laughs> um, but with that, I have to bid you adieu. I am Fat Mac. I'm Pasty White. Follow us on Patreon and get on with the show, you motherfuckers. Thanks for tuning in and continue to tune in as we are back to doing live shows every Thursday now at 10 Eastern, 9 Central. Wherever else you're at, you're on your own to figure that out. Because bourbon. Peace, bitches. I love you like a lovesick puppy. Oh, <laughs> I hung up with the wrong guy. Yeah. <laughs>